right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Kill House and the No Laying Up podcast. It is yet again a celebration. Honestly, getting a little bit too used to this. Solly here. TC is here with me. Hello, Mr. TC. Celebration, bitches. This is this is becoming old hat. Not only that, TC had him to win this week. 50 nuggets in our DraftKings picks. He is carrying us into the green as a, as a family here. It's a big wee situation here. Also got Cameron Young, and I had Matt Fitzpatrick to win as well. Golly, the Finished guy's hot. for second. For all the shit we get about our picks, all of a sudden it looks pretty nice. Yes, I'm going to take credit for TC's. <laughs> That's the only way I could, I could stomach this. Big Randy is calling in from Denver. Hello, Big Randy. Hey, guys. Uh, TC, congratulations. It's, it's a real thrill to be with you guys this evening. What a win for our guy, Max. Very, very happy for him. We are hoping to get a call in as is tradition, which I can't believe we have a winning tradition for our, our friend Max Homa here on the podcast, but hoping to get at least a couple minutes with him. Uh, he has the link to our to our recording session here. I'm guessing he's going to he's going to keep the keep the uh, the tradition alive in some way. First, we do got to talk about our friends at OGO. Uh, if it has not become clear, we are doing a lot of travel over the last several months. Listen, I've been talking about the Mutant Travel Bag uh, from OGO for five years now. They sent this to me in the summer of 2017. I've never had a golf travel bag last very long, and I can attest, almost five years later, this travel bag has stood the test of time for so many golf trips. And not only that, the OGO offerings are so much deeper past that. Uh, they also we, We've been using the rigs, too. You might have seen that way back in season, what, three of Taurus Sauce? What was that the Rig 9800. The, I, it's an enormous bag that we use for all of our long trips. TC, your golf bag, your golf travel bag, uh, you uh, United might have to change their baggage policy strictly because of you. I got the Alpha Travel Cover Mid. It's not even the Max. Oh, my God. It's the Mid. And, uh, you know, I'm listen, as a, as a Premier 1K with United, I, I think I get 75 pounds. Uh, and I use all of that 75 pounds. Randy, I went to the wine store in Portland. Brought brought home all that wine in my golf bag. It was it was did. it was seventy two pounds. I uh, we were packing up to go, and I was running out of space. I was like, I'm dropping stuff off at TC's because I know he can fit it. Randy, what do you have? I have the I have the same one as TC. New this year. Uh, big thanks to our our friends at Callaway, and I have absolutely loved it. It has allowed me, just like TC, I can pack extra vests and sweaters and and long sleeve gear which was super helpful going to scotland and bandon earlier this month uh allowed me to pack less in my regular suitcase which is always a thrill ogo.com that's ogio.com for any of your travel needs cannot say enough great things about uh ogo and how much they've helped us get around a little bit max homa fourth pga tour win randy couldn't resist in text getting in a fee now dig completely irrelevant 100 million percent irrelevant here. That's what, four four wins now for Max? Four wins four. for Max. Three in the I, last, uh, what, 15 months-ish? Yeah, since February of 2021. That is his third PGA Tour win. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just think... No, don't do we, it. We Let's focus on Max. I shouldn't have even Max said it. Max is twice the golfer Tony Finau is sure. now. That's and, fine. And I, I think that's no small thing. And I think it also, maybe if you want to explain... How Tony just simply is unlucky not to win more. Uh, would love to unpack that sometime in light of our good friend winning for the fourth time and the third time here in in uh, 
since last February. You don't pay your debts as it relates to Fino. You do not get to talk shit anymore. You every every you know every week that goes by is another week where you do not pay your debt of the bet that you lost in August, and it's kind of sad, honestly. To be um, honest, I was shitting all over this event at the beginning of the week, just thinking like, "Hey, I was excited for it to go back to TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms." Uh, I, I think the last time they had it there, I think 2018. Uh, our friend Stephen Britton was the. I knew you were going to get this in. You, this and is like the fifth medium you've got this in on this week. It, it was like <laughs> it was awesome. It was so burned out. Like they they were like losing the golf course because they were going to redo it. I guess. But man, like shout out to shout out to TPC Potomac. Like what a like it's a great tournament course. It's a perfect PGA Tour course. It like, is I all the right risk elements to it, and slopes and elevation change and long long par fours, short par fours, pins on slopes. Kind of you know like that the drivable four on the back nine was at fourteen has just an awesome element. And fourteen are both yeah kind of short like three fifty and then and then two ninety five or three hundred. But then meaty par fours yeah. like number eleven. Like it just dude, it was it was hard to uh, hard to watch Max try to close it out because it's like some nerve wracking tough shots. And there's there. some birdie like the last. Last five holes are kind of you can birdie as well. So that, but also like if this felt like more of a U.S. Open than Rory's win at Congressional, like this felt like more of a major win than I mean I know the field was was <laughs> was weak and everything like that, but like I felt like I was watching more real golf here than than I was when when uh, Rory won at Congressional. Randy, you want to help me rein this guy in here or what? Uh, <laughs> I mean that's a take. Yeah, sure. I I like it. I I you know I'd be happy if if we never went back to Quail Hollow. Yes, for sure. That that's that was a question we got too. Sorry, I didn't I didn't copy this one into the agenda. But like, hey, if I like the golf course this week, does that just actually mean that I hate Quail Hollow that much? And Probably a little bit of both. I don't know if Quail Hollow deserves like the hate category. I don't know if it's like full on Tory Pines boring golf. But like, we've seen enough. Like we've kind of seen enough of Quail. Of course, we will see it this fall at the Presidents Cup for some reason. Max seems to like both. Seems to like both. I, I made a joke on Twitter. It didn't really land very well. It's like. A, <laughs> Horse for course, you know, when you win at the same course multiple times. But if you win the same event on different courses, I think that makes you a monster for sponsor. Uh, it, was, it was crickets. And now that I say it out loud. I was trying funny. to come up with, with some sort of, of reply that, that, that tied in the whole uh, uh, checking account or savings account <laughs> scandal from Wells Fargo to rhyme with that, but I couldn't. Wells Fargo, the original sports washers. <laughs> Oh, come on, Randy. Stick to sports, will you? I love it. I, if you guys want to go deep into uh, the, the fraud being perpetuate, perpetrated by Wells Fargo over the last decade plus. I, Shout out that. to John Stumpf. Since the start of the 2021 season, this came from Kyle Porter, Max Homa has more worldwide wins than Rory, Rom, Spieth, JT, Bryson, DJ, Xander, and Brooks. Like, a little bit of selective end points there, but that's pretty freaking wild. So he included Xander as two wins? I think the Olympics counts in there. Okay. Mm. Fair, right? right. Mm. I guess. And the team event. That's like maybe one and combined. The, and the net. <laughs> he doesn't count doesn't count the okay. net. Uh, the gross. He won a gross okay. tour championship in there as well. So um I mean, I, I'm kind of out of words to say about Max. I mean, it uh, it sneaks up on me whenever he does win one of these things. Like, I, I feel like I can never time it right or never know what to expect when he's going to play great. But the dude has a different level of play when he's going to go close out golf tournaments. And I don't, I don't know. Today was the most nervous I've been watching him. But looking back at it, like he hit all the shots. Like he had a couple slip ups here and there. That the 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 weird block wedge into 16 was a little nerve wracking there for a minute, but. 
Other than that, man, he just like stepped up, hit a towering shot right over the flag on 15, was pouring putts in the center of the center of the hole. It's just a, it's an absolute joy to watch today. I mean, it was so much fun. The drive on 18 oh, after so Keegan good. sprayed it out to the right. The the queefed it. I mean, he came out came out firing early, put the pressure on Keegan there. But like, I go back to Saturday. I mean, we, we texted him on Friday night. We're like, dude, this forecast looks fucking terrible. It looks awful. And he was like, yo, like, mutters only this weekend, man. And, I mean, I thought he I thought he hold the approach into 10 on Saturday. Almost made that crazy long putt, like a 90-foot putt on 9 on Saturday. It was just, man, it was, like, and it seems like the, like the putter, it seems like the aim point stuff has really helped him out. Watching today, it was just, oh, my God. I was so pumped on, like, 15 that was unreal. Big boy birdie on that second part three on the front. Uh, I think that was nine. Mm-hmm. Like, it just just really, really good golf, man. It's class. I mean, this is very different course and conditions than his first three wins. I mean, he won on firm, you know, uh, you know, firm courses out in California. And uh, and Quail Hollow is a different test, I think, you know, distance-wise especially than, than this course. But it's, uh, it's just another one. It, you have to be in such great control of your confidence in a week like that with varying conditions. Like, you just have to, like, there's – it takes a certain level of, like, fuck it in him to just be like, I'm still playing golf. I got – none of this is really mattering to me. Like, I'm playing the sport. And he said something like – uh, in an interview afterwards, like this week was just kind of like find it, hit it, and find it, and hit it again. And like that is being locked into the zone as far as like winning a golf tournament. It's, I mean, Saturday, like Saturday watching, like I I haven't been this locked in. Like I don't, I don't know why. I think it was just because of the conditions starting really on Friday. I'm like, this is like actually fun to watch because it's guys trying to get the ball in the hole by any means necessary, not just worrying about their swings or their attack angles or whatever. Like guys are hitting – 60% drivers and three woods off tees and hitting them, you know, 230. Uh, and, you know, and playing in threesomes on Saturday too. Like they're out there for longer. Guys had stocking caps on. Max was three back at the start on Saturday to Jason Day. And I think he, I think he had a three-shot lead after five holes. <laughs> Jason Day lit himself on fire. <laughs> that was, was sick. I think he was nine over through eight. So awesome. <laughs> and you know what? Credit today because I thought he was going to withdraw for like hypothermia. <laughs> or damn it! I thought you were going to actually give him credit. You know, for no, a but but also he 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 did buckle down. He broke eighty. Like he was like nine over through eight, and then he ended up shooting seventy nine. Yeah. So, you know, credit to him. And rebounded with a seventy today. Yeah. So, Randy, what are you thinking right now, bud? Well, I, th- I think, you know, Max is, like, legitimately a very good golfer on the PGA Tour, which I, I think everybody kind of knows, but four wins is is four wins. I was texting with my brother-in-law, Goodbar. He's obviously very excited for Max's win, and I think, you know, looking ahead, it's really the only thing now is we, we just got to start competing in majors. I, I would love for somebody like Justin Ray – like, has there ever been somebody to win four times before finishing in the top 10 at a major? I, I, I truly think it's like Max has proven himself week to week on the PGA Tour. And I'm so excited for when he inevitably starts getting into contention at the majors because I, I have to think that's around the corner, hopefully as early as this summer. I would got to think that, you know, someone like uh, just this this could be a shot across the bow. Somebody like a Bill Haas or like a Russell Henley, I feel like has won a lot. Wins a lot on tour, but doesn't do a lot in majors. I think eventually Henley's got a decent record at the Masters. Yeah. Okay. I'm not looking at records. The in front first of guy that I thought of was Kokrak. <laughs> Kokrak's only won three times, but uh, he's never never finished top fifteen. Or sorry, 
His best finish is, t- uh, is T14 at this year's Masters. Mm. Never finished top 10 in a major. Mm. Haas is a good call. He won five times without a top 10 at a major. And then finally got a top 10 in 2016, um, which is he after won a FedEx his sixth Cup, win. Though. Yeah, to yeah. your point. Which like is amazing. It's just very odd, I guess, yeah. you know, to, to have – you know he's showing it in these events that man he can he can play he can close and i'm not even like trying to ding max right now i i just more like i, I can't wait until he he inevitably gets himself into position because i i think the majors at least contending at least having looks like it, it's gonna come and that's gonna be even more exciting pretty small sample size as far as the majors for him too like he's played in all four played in all four majors the last two years you gotta think all right 2020 was or, sorry, three out of the four in 2020 because they didn't have the British Open, and then four out of four last year. And so it's like, you know, and prior to that, he'd only played in one as a professional. So it's, I think he's, it's like now he's got his feet under him. And it's also, you know, if I don't know how to how to stress this take, but it's like guys like I'm in the Haas category, I feel like that are, are, are primed for PGA Tour golf courses. Major championships always in my mind require a different level of precision of the smart iron shot, like the proper iron shot, landing it in the right spot and holding firmer greens. And I feel like Max fits that profile really well. Like again, two of his victories were on some of the firmest greens we, you know, you can you're gonna see on the PGA tour. And so it's not like his game is not cut out for major championships. So that is the next frontier for him to clear. But you know, the the it's it really is just amazing. Like, you know, we're joking earlier about the female stuff, but like how incredibly rare it is to have i think he has he has no runner ups on the PGA tour and one third place finish and i think like only like one other that's it's like only other top 5 in the PGA tour like when he gets close he has gotten the job done almost 100% of the time which is one not sustainable and two like so incredibly rare it, it, i don't know it uh it's a, i guess a different kind of gene to just be able to go out and play your best golf when you need to on sundays yeah he's a killer some people have it. So some people don't. What what else can we say? I will say on the major front, like Southern Hills, LACC, Brookline. I mean, these places fit his game, right? Like he's he's pretty good at everything as long as the putter gets hot. He is, uh, and and strokes gain wise, playing obviously the best golf of his career this season. I mean, he's over a stroke uh, in the positive on strokes gained. Even last year, he won a tournament last year, but he was about point six. The year before, he was about point five six. So gaining a full another half shot, really just across the board, better driving, better approach play, a little bit better putting. It uh, it it's all seems very sustainable. And gosh, I can't wait to see what's next for him. So happy for him, man. I mean, he had a great interview afterward. It's just like kind of routine now, you know, talking about oh, my life's really good. He's got and, so much perspective. Oh, he even got a perspective joke in on it. Of course, just whooshed right over Faldo's head. They were not prepared for that one, but just a cool customer, man. It just, it, it felt kind of somewhat routine for him, honestly. I, it's almost starting to feel routine for me, too. Yes. I, I almost <laughs> regret the lack of, relative excitement I felt today compared to you know his first win at Wells Fargo and of course when he beat Tony in the playoff at at Riviera that was that was awesome as well but it was just like man yeah I kind of am not shocked by by seeing Max win a golf tournament which is both incredible and and I yeah I regret the that that true excitement and joy I felt Uh, not that I still don't feel that for him it's just you know, it's it's like you said, it's almost becoming old hat weirdly. I felt more excited for this one than I did for for the Napa one. 
Because yeah. I feel like like two in the same season. I know it's not in the same calendar year, but the same season. That's a big deal, right? And it's I don't know. It just feels like more of a validation than that felt like. All right, it's a fall series event. Da 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 da. This is, you know, I know it's you know you've still got Rory and you know you're like you've got good dudes in the field at this event, and it's right right in the middle of major season. You know, hundred percent. So C O C O'Brien four six nine eight asked. Does Max make the President's Cup team as a pick if he doesn't make it on merit? It's time to start that conversation, right? I mean, we're I know we're I know it's May, but we got a long ways to go when it comes to points, but it is I think is well well within time to start that conversation. I mean, you know, Kisner's got a good good record at God at Quail Hall. God damn you. <laughs> I could, oh god. He's 6 right now. Of I course. Know. Of course he's got to be in the conversation. Of, yeah, he moved from 12th to 6th. The President's Cup is following the same format as the Ryder Cup followed, which is top six on points are making it, and there's six captain's picks. So I do think he's going to need to, you know, finish finish pretty strong. I think he's going to need to be 8th or ninth or so to get the to warrant the pick. I know he's got, obviously, a win at Quail Hollow as well to his record. Um, it's, it's really... He's he's got to be so well liked. It's like going to be up to the other players, I think, more than it is even up to uh, Davis Love to to make that that kind of selection. And I would think he ticks every possible box you could want for a team. Listen, as as an international supporter, I'm going to recuse myself. You guys can talk amongst yourselves. Yes or no, right now, Randy, is Max going to be on the Presidents Cup team? I I think yes. You know, guys like Dustin and, and Bryson, and of course there's a lot of golf left between now and the fall, but it, it seems like some of those quote-unquote stalwarts from years past are, are having a little bit of off year and, and some injuries, and it's like, yeah, man, why not, Max? I And I honestly think the President's Cup should be a chance to work in new blood into the American team golf environment. And so a, a guy like Max would be – an ideal pick for for me uh of course i'm biased but i I think he's going to keep playing well too so i i see no reason why he's like markedly outside that top 10 and you know with a couple wins his history at quail hollow there's no reason why he wouldn't be very deserving of a captain's pick i am getting a little worried i love bond to death I don't think Bond's a great fit at Quail Hollow. Probably not. For the international team. Uh, are you willing to concede that the international team is going to be very big underdogs at Quail Hollow? Listen, if, if, if my man Jay Day keeps, keeps you know, rising up the ranks here, Mackenzie Hughes keeps playing well, oh, Sungjae, sure. Joaquin, yeah. Mito Pereira, Cam Smith, we, Le- we Leash is things, probably going to win next week. Uh, TC, we got things percolating in Japan, too, that we, we don't even Nakajima. know how yeah. good some of these guys yeah. might be. Takumi, Kanaya. Are you Team International for the President's Cup team too, Brady? Well, I think it was. I think it was decided that if I chose it for the oh, Ryder right. Cup, I had to take it for everything. That's true. Solheim Cup, Eisenhower Which Cup, happily for yes, Palmer Cup, <laughs> Curtis Cup, everything. I think if we're looking at you know, obviously the uh, U.S. Ryder Cup team from last year, you would be looking to keep as many of those guys together as possible. But injuries for Harris English, injuries for Bryson. Um, who knows what we're going to see out of him for the rest of the year. Finau has not played good golf over the, since the Ryder Cup at all. I think he's got one top 10 since then. Um, yeah, if we're looking at, at, you know, if it's between Finau and Max right now, I'm taking Max for sure. Um, 
So I, I, I as, as we're sitting here right now, I would guess that he's going to be on it. He's far from a lock. There is a ton of golf to be played. If, but if we're making teams right now, he's definitely, definitely going to be on it. But it is interesting how long it's going to take to cycle out. Like, like we have, uh, I'm not even saying cycle out. Taylor Gooch and Tom Hoagie are in the top 10 of the rankings right now. And Kokrak's sitting there at 11th. I don't know if he's going to be eligible when the, when the uh, President's Cup rolls around here uh, in the next couple months. But we'll see. Kokrak's going to be playing the Crown Prince Cup. <laughs> he might be Team International. <laughs> I got all sorts of flack this morning. I was, you know, I was watching the DP World Tour. Just a fantastic finish there. And I was running down, you know, my my preferred guys for the for the Ryder Cup. Honestly, I just forgot about Lowry. I was going to say. <laughs> People were like, oh, Lowry, huh? I'm like, yeah, you know, I probably... I'll slot in Lowry for uh, like Sam Sam Horsfield or somewhere like that. But that's what, yeah. Also, TC said he was excited to ride with the with the team that Europe brought to Whistling Straits. So take his take his team with a grain of salt. Of so course, I had to feign some enthusiasm <laughs> for that dog shit roster. TC, you can't, TC. Just real quick on the Ryder Cup, we heard from so many people in St Andrews that in a couple of years the Ryder the European Ryder Cup team might be all Scottish people. <laughs> I, I think I heard that out of the mouths of uh, numerous people. It's gonna be all Scots and Swedes and Danes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're headed for a whole new era. My favorite is when TC just gets so amped about like what is on the scale of professional golfers, just a very average player. Be like, oh, this guy right here. That, that's who's coming. Like that's going to be the game changer. Bob McIntyre, Sam maybe. Horsefield, or something like that. It just it's my favorite. It's a new guy every week. And uh, no, it, we, we've been on Ludwig for a while. Randy yeah, of course. That. That's what's going to change the game. <laughs> The Cash App, or I should just say Cash App, is the easiest way to send, spend, and save your money. You can send or request money from friends and family when they owe you money for dinner, owe you for golf bets. Uh, I've been paying a lot of golf. I've been, yeah, gosh, paying out a lot now that I think about it uh, in Cash App. You can invest in any stock directly in the app. You can buy Bitcoin with just $1. I will not be taking any comments on the price of Bitcoin what's, what's during, it at right now? during the course of this podcast. Uh, we broke a, back above 34 as of uh, the, the recording of this, but... Uh, we, it turns out we might be in a bear market. My, my Shopify stock is is, is struggling. <laughs> Listen, none of this is investment advice, but you can invest <laughs> directly within the Cash App uh, and, of course, buy Bitcoin or send Bitcoin to your friends. It's kind of fun. It comes with a debit card. You can customize it. Cash App laser prints it and mails it to you. It comes with free discounts on places you love called Boost. And best of all, referral code no laying up gives new users a free $15 and Cash App sets aside $10 for each sign-up to go to Youth On Course. The more people we get using code NOLANGUP when registering, not only are you getting 15 bucks, but you are helping to support junior golf. So use that Cash App, download it, code NOLANGUP. Everybody wins in that one. Randy actually had a had an issue with, with them potentially sponsoring us because he was worried that the game was going to grow too much because they're supporting junior that golf is, so much. Uh, that's the biggest problem we're hearing about right now. There's just too many junior golfers on the golf I course. I get people in my mentions all the time saying, Randy, the growth is out of control. You're right. Youth on course keep, is a problem. Keep being, keep being strong. The silent majority is behind me. You guys want to do Keegan next? I'm worried about what TC is going to have to say. Listen, to I, I, I unsubscribed from Keegan like over a decade ago as soon as he burst on the scene, and like I've never once thought twice about that it's hard i, I want to ask you this i want to i also don't care for keegan i can't really put my finger on why it, so yeah. where does it rank in terms of like you know the true shitheads out there that are just bad guys and like the guys are like i just don't root for that guy and don't enjoy watching probably kind of in the middle like okay. it's like i you know I it's important he, to make that slow as shit like i respected him for like pulling you know pulling back like you know the the anchor uh, or the whatever belly putter got got outlawed. He ended up 
going through the wilderness for a while, comes back, wins the 2018 BMW. Like, at the time, I was like, you know what? Hats off to the guy. Like, he's a good golfer, right? Uh, I hate his pre-shot routine. Yes. I think he's slow as shit out there. Like, his swing makes me uncomfortable. His swing and his posture make me uncomfortable. Get him. Uh, the whole Miguel Angel Jimenez that was thing was ridiculous. Pepsi seems like a douche. I know Pepsi's not on the bag anymore, but the fact that Pepsi <laughs> was on the bag for so long. Uh, the handshake today, I thought, was, was, that was, tough. was weak as fuck. That was that was a tough. Can, can I can I can that, I ask like about the in handshake like, in the Jordans and all that? Like I like Jordans, I just don't like them on him. He looks like a dipshit. <laughs> Randy loved the handshake because he wants guys out there competing. <laughs> well, I I don't understand. I I don't get the big deal with the handshake. It's a gentleman's I mean, game. Uh, yeah, the guy was high. He shook his hand. What what else do you want him to do? Well, I mean, what do you? I, I'm I mean, look him in the eye and say like, it "Hey, man, congrats! Like, like you outdueled me today." Instead of just breezing right past him and not even making eye contact. Uh, I mean, he's pissed. He gave it away. He 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 shot seventy two. Bad, you know, a couple bad doubles. I, it, I he was he was hot. He was running hot. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like you could you could pause for just a little second. I know that's probably like if you know if so and so does it, we probably look right past it and don't think think anything that, of it. But that I think encapsulates what I'm feeling. But it's I, adding I to the tally. Totally, it's adding. It's, 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 it's like the whole the, the guy's whole like Massachusetts. I, I I lived in Massachusetts. I have a bunch of friends from Massachusetts. He 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 rep he represents the worst stuff about people from Massachusetts to me. The whole uh, Ryder Cup suitcase thing was corny <laughs> as fuck. That was awesome. <laughs> that was fantastic. I, I wonder if he's going to unpack his bag from this week. How long it's going to take him to unpack it from this weekend? He's you know can't can't unpack it until he goes he's, back and wins the Wells Fargo. It's just not for me, man. It's it's it what? seems to be the the sentiment online as well. Which I, I we're not asked to explain it too much, but a couple people are like, wait, what? What's the Keegan thing again? And I, I don't even know if I know. A lot of caddies I know. They're like they're like yeah, like, fuck Keegan. Like, yeah, not many guys correct yeah. us on this yeah. one. Let, let me ask you this: Is, How much how much does the name Keegan play? Hundred percent. <laughs> Totally, I yeah. If his name was like Jack, right? I, I feel like we'd we'd would would find him a little bit less uh, reprehensible. I maybe. like Pat. I used to like Pat Bradley. I like Pat Bradley less just because of her association <laughs> with Key in these days. Again, sometimes I just like some of it's irrational. I don't yes. like the dude, and some of it is like well founded. I think. It uh, he w- he had the benefit too of the doubt really to draft off of a Phil partnership for many many years. The intro to his career was like, oh, he and Phil are like electric to watch in team events, and uh, once that kind of split up, he just it just didn't really last for me. So, uh, yeah, and he beat you know when he beat fan favorite Duffner and uh, I Keegan doesn't I I, I get all the stuff with Keegan. I I just want to say on the record, I I'm kind of more neutral on him. He doesn't. Doesn't make me that upset. Brandy's a big Red Storm fan. <laughs> That's kind of sick. You went to St. John's. Not, not many guys coming out of the St. John's uh, golf program. There is a story, too, that someone that I can't tell the story because, like, it quite literally would only come from this one person that was there to witness this one thing. Like, told me a Keegan story about just a true asshole move that he did towards someone extremely undeserving of this kind of treatment that was just so cold hearted that I was like, okay, all right, now I, I needed that one story to feel pretty validated. Uh, and then another one we heard somewhat recently. I hope this is whoever I forget who told me this. I hope this one's okay to share as well. But uh, there's a lot of Keegan MJ betting stories out there, and there was one I believe somewhat recently. Who knows if it's even true? But it's a funny story, anyways. But Keegan's up a a, a fair amount of money on MJ as they're on the 16th hole, uh, I believe, at the Grove. Nuggies. They're just betting nuggies. nuggies. So they're betting nuggies. And uh, Keegan's you know talking shit as they are want to do and say like I'm going to take your money. 
and I'm going to go to your boy's restaurant tonight, meaning Tiger, and I'm going to get me a nice bottle of wine. I'm going to get me a steak. Like, thank you very much, I'm gonna MJ. Get, I'm going to get a warm towel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see the white belts. I'm going to fit in really well with the white belts. And uh, MJ gets mad and says, all right, we're playing the last three holes. No strokes. Straight up right now. MJ birdies 16 and then pars 17 and 18 and Keegan pars all three. And as they finish up on 18, MJ just goes, enjoy Taco Bell, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if that's true. That was such a great story that uh, I had to share that one. And when MJ said, hit him with a, ain't nobody wearing Air Keegan's, like you're wearing my shoes. That was one of the, that was one of the great digs of all time. I've heard too. stories too of MJ, like, like him losing a ton of money to MJ and MJ like, basically like making him go to the bank or the ATM and then like having like one of MJ's body men, like bring him back to the golf course with the cash. <laughs> uh, Matt Fitzpatrick quietly. I think, I think part Sorry. of it with Keegan too is like <laughs> and another thing. He's not like, to me, it's like, how is he hanging out with MJ? I know it just like, it just doesn't add up to me. It's that's always pissed me off a little bit. Right. I'm like, yo, MJ, like this dude's not cool. I'm not cool either, but you're not hanging out with me, you know? <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, quietly playing the best golf of his life. He made some swing changes in the offseason. They have taken shape very quickly. He's gaining a ton of shots off the tee this year, which is a big, pretty big development. Uh, and I got to say, this is not bold. He's, you know, obviously one of the top 10 favorites or so in most of NCTs it up in. Uh, I think a win is coming for him this year. I think he's going to break finally break through on the BGA Tour and win one. Matt Fitzpatrick is, is going to make the leap from, like, he's been like Teddy Bridgewater the last – Five six years of his career. Now he's gonna he's gonna be like a bona fide starting quarterback in the league. Is is Teddy Bridgewater a bona fide starting quarterback in the league? No, no, no. Oh. Like he he was Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, gotcha. Now he's gonna be like you know Tua. Yeah, no, no Tua's not a bona fide <laughs> starting quarterback. He'll be like Kenny Pickett. Oh, Kenny Pickett, you're, you're giving him <laughs> bona fide status. Oh, they're they're both little. They both got little hands. <laughs> Ken, my man Kenny's got some work to do. Uh, Fitz just looks as confident as I've seen him on the golf course. And it, uh, it's, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot more to say other than that. You know, it's just, don't <laughs> let that, don't let that sneak up on you that he's playing extremely, extremely good golf, which I know he finished. Well, it's, it's heartening to see once again, as the conditions get harder, uh, he, he kind of seems to rise. I don't know if that's just anecdotal, but there seems to be something to that. I, I always thought, you know, a, a U.S. open type setting or these events where, it's not the most birdies that are going to win. It seems like that's yeah. where he's usually in, in his element a little bit. I got some inside track info. This is the only the first place you're going to hear this and the only place you're going to hear that. But You're debuting this? The U.S. Open next month is at the Country Club at Brookline. Oh, okay? my gosh. Matt Fitzpatrick won the U.S. Am at Brookline. Okay? Just remember that as you go to make your picks. No one else is going to have that information leading up into next month. So just remember that. Right here, right now. To be fair, after playing the course, it does fit. the composite it does course, it makes total sense. It too. does. It's going to be. I think it's. I think it's like a Cam Smith golf course. We can. We can. Uh, we talked. Did we no. We haven't we talked, talked about a little, that. Oh no, yeah, that was no, Monday. Was, that yeah, was, was past. After. This is yeah, the longest week of my that. life. I think. Uh, no, but it was so fun to watch guys like Fitzpatrick and Bond and uh, shit. Brian Harmon was playing so well in the conditions, hitting those. You know, hitting little squeezers. Everybody else is making bogeys, doubles, triples. You know, he's making pars and birdies on Saturday, you know, Saturday midday. I just got, I had so much fun watching that, guys. Uh, another, Lanto, I mean, Lanto, I, I, listen, only proper golfers. Uh, uh, listen, I'll hand up on that one. Respect. Lanto's been 
he played he played well this week. He played well this week. He's he's been he's been playing well at some surprising venues. That is give him credit. That is so big of you. I'm so proud of you for coming I'm to the table with that. Maturing guys. Listen, could not be more happy for our friend Max, the guy that probably should have won the golf tournament this week. Cameron was Cameron Young. Young. He is playing out of control golf. He led the field in strokes. He wiped the field with in strokes gained tee to green this week. Uh, gained 15.3 shots. Was number one in strokes gained off the tee. Five in strokes gained approach. Uh, he lost 2.3 strokes on the green this week and finished two shots out of uh, a, a playoff. He was 57 in strokes game putting of all the guys that made the cut. Up it's to 13th in the FedEx Cup. 13th in the FedEx Cup, 38th in the world. Uh, this is his third top three finish in his rookie year on tour. So, like, honestly, like, I was looking at today, like, I would not, I would, I, let's put his chances at 5%, but I would not rule out uh, President's Cup for him, for Quail Hollow. I think yeah. that, I mean, he's, he's looking on, very, very good for Eastlake right now. Again, we got a long ways to go, but um, he's played. He played. I mean, he played well at RBC. The guy absolutely bombs the ball and had a really good week. Was he T two or T three at uh, at RBC? He was T three, and now he RBC, comes T two here. That was a big test to pass and in terms of shitty T uh, two at uh, at uh, Riv. Yes, <laughs> that's he hung oof. tough. He hung tough with Neiman uh, over that entire weekend, and T two at Sanderson. Like this was his. Th- uh, this was his fourth. Gosh, okay, that's a so, long. I forget about the the reach around sometimes. He's, this up, is, he's up to thirty eighth in the world. We had Huber on the podcast in the fall, and he like paused us for a couple minutes to make sure we talked about how good Cameron Young is. And uh, man, to come out and do that is to strike the shit out of the ball that well for that long um, is really impressive. Uh, you want to say anything about Rory? Listen, folks, unconfirmed reports uh, that I I since sourced. Uh, and confirmed, he is back. He's back. I think he's rounding into form at the perfect time. And uh, like, it's you know what? I think he had to go through these doldrums over the last few years. I think I think we're going to see a major from him this year. <laughs> one, one, one of the next. I three. love it. You feel me, Randy? I, uh, I, don't I don't think know. he's going to win at Brookline. I don't think he's po- capable of winning but at Brookline. But it's, it's more fun when people are convinced that Rory's going to win a major. <laughs> golf's, golf's a lot more fun. He shot 68-68 on the weekend in, like, I, I the know. worst conditions. And, you know, like, Jamie Weir tweeted me. He's like, hey, like, he's from Northern Ireland. Like, he's used to – I'm like, yeah, but he never actually plays well in the conditions. Even right. his dad shits on him. He's yeah. like, he's not a mutter. Yeah. <laughs> he know, he knows he's not a mutter. <laughs> yeah. So, for him to go out and shoot 68-68 this weekend, show me something. And Justin Ray had some stats this year just to kind of highlight just how bad Rory's wedge game has been. And uh, it was good this week, but I couldn't help but notice, I think, what hole was this on today? Was it 16, I think? They cut to him, and he had 153 in, and he absolutely just wails on a wedge, like a pitch. It looks like he's trying to jam a pitching wedge back there. You're trying to talk me out of this, A ton of speed, adding a ton of spin to it. It, Like, never had a chance. It got somewhat close and then spun all the way back off the front, and it was just like... That just looks so unnecessary. Especially and, after like the day and a half prior to that. Yeah. It's like you've been hitting real golf shots and little yes. little cutoffs and like manufacturing stuff, and now we're just back to playing home run derby. Right. Um, so I don't mean to make that the big takeaway, but I, I just saw that and I was just like, oh, God, it just, it, it's just frustrating. It seems like uh, every time he gets close to turning over, I mean, he, he came out absolutely blazing. He birdied five of the first six holes. He bogey. He had a bogey mixed in there, but got to four under through six holes to start, and then of course just throws them all back, and he ended up shooting three under, and then faded. You know, but he made the cut on the number this this week. So he started on Saturday. He started on ten. He started bogey, bogey, and he played 
played the next 16 holes in four under. Yes. In that weather. Yeah. Crazy. And I, I nine pars in a row I will say, I, I was proud of him for that. In, in a day yes. where we were desperately searching for mutters, it was quite a shock to see Rory <laughs> being a true mutter. Anything else you guys have from this week at the Wells Fargo? A few other guys just popping up. Steven Yeager hasn't had a great season thus far. Gets him inside the top 125 of T6, uh, final round 66. Uh, Bond, we saw a lot of him this weekend. Just hung around, 70-71. Gets him up to 44th in the FedEx Cup. Stu Sink, 65 today. Mm. Mm. He is gonna, he's 48 years old. He's going to absolutely annihilate people. He's going to be a menace on, on the, the Champions, Champions Tour. Tour. Postman starting to show signs of life. Harmon faded a little bit. What did you guys think about James Hahn? The chip-eating incident. <laughs> For those oh, that, that missed it, what happened? <laughs> uh, so, ba- so Hahn, like, short, like, low side, short. Like, he just basically wipes this putt. And, like, really, really poor effort at a putt. And then he, he gets on this fan. Like, it wasn't really even malicious. It was just like, yo, man, I can hear you eating Was those it funny? Chips. Like, was he trying to, like... It was kind of funny, but then in the context of, like, him bitching about stuff... Remember that a few years ago? When he bitched about the, the crowd at the at the match play? I don't think I do remember that. Oh, he got, like, he, all these tweets, you know, a few tweets he sent out and just, just pillaring the cr- crowd, saying, hey, like, I should have expected the worst out of somebody, da 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 Somebody spoke in his backswing, I guess. And uh, it just, it seemed a little bit ticky-tack. Mm. Can't have that. <laughs> Can't. I'm always shocked when I see James Hahn just playing. He's one of those guys where I'm like, you could have told me you retired five years ago. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember him. He had that, like, didn't he do that dance one time out in the desert? Um, so truly, truly remarkable just to see him still plying his craft, I guess, for me. The NFT of that dance is what's driving that $20 billion number that, that Phil keeps throwing out. It was, I, it was the Hahn and Bond show today. <laughs> I love Kurt Byron Weeks. I think he's he's an excellent analyst and just uh, seems like he gets the B events, and I want to see him get um, some some bigger events. But listen to him on Golf Channel. He's one of my favorite analysts to listen to. So I agree with that. I think Chez, we got to give a shout-out to Chez. Shot 67 today. T15. Gets him inside the top 100. Uh, Kurt Kitayama. 67-67, first two rounds. 76 yesterday. And then a 69 final round. He's playing some good golf, though. Good stretch for him. Real Odds Wizard says, is this stretch from the Masters and the PGA playing out as one of the most boring months in professional golf history, or is it just me? <laughs> I think it's just you a little bit, but it has been. A, it's been. I don't know why this year it has felt like an especially long uh, stretch between majors. I know we watched it. We did a pod on it last week. I'm racking my brain as to what the tournament was. Grupo Salinas. Oh, Grupo Salinas. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was an awful tournament. <laughs> I, I don't know. That one's kind of working for me. Oh. Although I mean, saw plenty of Grupo Salinas commercials this week. They they have they're gonna hit their uh, whatever the minimum quota they have to hit for the year. They're gonna hit it. They're, I think, they're the sharing quarter. the prosperity with, um, with the PGA Tour. Not Doctor J. When Max, Rory, and Spieth are contending, contending hypothetically, what's the rooting pecking order? Well, it depends where. Yeah, let's say it's the U.S. Open, then, or I guess the PGA is the next right, major. Let's say PGA at Southern Hills. Spieth. I'd say Spieth. Max. Spieth one. Spieth Max. Rory just, but if Speed wins this one, then it would be after that it would be Max. Like Speed yeah. is back, yeah. then it's Max. We need, we need, we need, we need Speed to like be back. Golf is so much better when Speed is back. Yeah, let's get, let's get Speed back. Let's have win a major, and then we can turn our attention to Max. I I, I echo TC's ranking. 
I mean, I'm I'm rooting I'm rooting for Max over pretty much anyone out there. I think like Max versus Tiger would be super interesting. It would that's a no lose situation, really. Randy but. Speed versus Tiger. Oh, Speed Hundo Hundo P. Really, Speed oh, versus yeah. Phil. Uh, Phil for sure. Are Phil's, you rooting? Are you rooting oh against God. or for Phil? I'm rooting for him. Still I love guy. him as a golfer. I'm rooting for I him. him. I'm rooting for him. <laughs> I love him. He's a complicated character. <laughs> Nothing has changed for you with Phil? Uh, I mean, God. I mean, <laughs> this wasn't on the agenda, like, but I need, uh, yeah, now we need, to hone, we need to hone in on this now. No, listen, if I'm just tuning in to like watch golf, then I really enjoy watching Phil Mickelson play golf. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think much has changed. It, that's different different tune than you were singing a few months ago because I felt like you were you were pretty much swearing him off a few months ago. After, I know, but you caught me. I I just have no I, I have no energy to to fight all of this. It, it's just I'm I'm beaten down. I'm worn down. Just just let me know what happens. <laughs> Can't wait to get into our to our next segment. Then it, it's hard being it's hard being aggrieved all the time. I think that's what it boils down to. Is I I just. You know, some days I just can't muster the energy. You just want to watch sports. You just want to watch yeah, golf. Exactly. I, I think overall, though, a big reason why I uh, you, you can class me, classify me as aggrieved is, like, I think it will make watching the sports way worse, like, in, in this case, being the golf. I think this this division and whatever is coming in the Saudi stuff is, one, I think the Saudi stuff has no chance to be entertaining for golf fans, and two, a more fractured golf world is not going to make for better events that we're already watching. That's, like, a huge driver for me. Sure, but I, I guess the events, like, if we're, like, real talk, the only events I truly care about, you know, there are, like, five of them, and four of them are going to remain unchanged. Um, so, I, it just, like, through that lens, it, it I, I don't know. It, I, I can't, like I said, I just can't get myself worked up today. You know, ask me later this week, and I might have switched. I'm getting to the point where, with the players, the guys that are the ringleaders – they're dead to me, you know, Bubba and, and Poulter and guys like that, that are trying, you know, and Bryson and Phil and Sergio and all those guys. Like, I, I, you know what, like guys get the fuck out. Like I'm, I'm good. Like go take your money and just like, nobody has to care about you anymore ever again. But where I like, and then the guys that are probably going to go play in some of these things, like I don't really know how to feel. Cause it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's a shitload of money and they're doing this as a job. It's their living. And, they're providing for their families and like they're not the ones that have fought for this change or whatever. And and if anything, I think the the tour, like Jay Monahan and Tim Fincham and those guys are like just as just as responsible for this as somebody like Phil Mickelson. It's like like to Randy's point of like the the tour schedule is so bloated and they've been they like they haven't evolved one bit over the last twenty years. Like they've left themselves so open to this. And like like I don't think there is there is responsible as say a Phil Mickelson or a Greg Norman, but like, you know, as a Bubba or somebody like that, like, I think it's, it's just very much, I'm conflicted. Cause I, like, it sounds like a shitload of guys are going to go play in this thing in at Centurion club in London. Centurion one. I think, yeah, there's going to be a fair amount to go play in it. The Oregon one is going to be interesting how that's going to happen. We have got a tip that Jay Monahan will be making a visit to DC this week. I believe on Tuesday to uh, meet with lawmakers of some kind. I do not know the the you know what what the play is exactly here, uh, but I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty about that. But I think it's just like I, I don't know if it's that 
you know, the tour failed to evolve. I think it's just like an expose exposing the weakness in the model overall, because like the, the schedule being bloated, the, it's almost kind of like had the, uh, the opposite effect, I think to what you're saying though, because if they had less events, guys would be like, Oh, you're not putting up enough events for us. We need, we're going to go play elsewhere. Like you put nothing up in the fall. Like, of course we're going to go play this series in the fall. Like they're putting up all this money. So it, it almost is. Um, but are they spreading themselves too thin at the at the behest of the, you know, seventy five through one fifty guys versus, you know, catering to the guys that are bringing in the cash? And I guess that's the thing where like you and can't play favorites. And yeah, and why doesn't the PJ Tour seed the fall? You know, let let somebody else put on a fall event series. Because like, that's, that's not well, their mandate. That's not their mandate. Like that's not what they're exactly, founded on. But to CC's point, like I, I guess the the mandate you know, seems at odds with with the incentives of, of the top 10 to 15 players in the world. Uh, so <laughs> it's their job to square that, I guess. And I think it's, I don't think it's an either or though, right? Like I, I 100 million percent agree. There are flaws in the model for the, of the PGA Tour and especially how that trickles down to golf fans. Holy shit, could that be improved? It's what we've been screaming about for as long as these mics have been recording. The, on the other, I don't think it's necessarily on the other side of that. Well, it's the Saudi Golf League, right? Because we have a third player in this, in this, which we're going to talk some about, which is like the Premier Golf League, which is talking about yes, siphon, you know, cutting off the league below fifty guys and it being a very different structure, but also totally revamping things to have an eighteen event series that features these top players that now is no longer a bloated schedule. You have twenty three, twenty four weeks a year. You need to care about golf instead of forty two, whatever it is. Like it, it just seems like there is. There is this horrible option over here, which, you know, for if we're, you know, we're talking about the human rights issues, if we're talking about the purpose of that league and how I ultimately think it's going to play out, I think the Saudi Golf League is a horrible option for fans and for sports in general. And then also, like, a relatively, an option that's been very, very good to a lot of these guys for a long period of time. It, of course, can improve, but with the shackles that they have on it, I don't think it's going to tangibly change. Option three, though, is... If they want to unlock all a ton of money coming into these top players and I think make it a lot more interesting for fans, that is where my attention goes. Is it flawless? Are they handling things very well? We can talk about some of that. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I definitely don't agree with the entire format of the league. I don't agree with every decision they make. But I think that's our best chance at having interesting golf to watch. Randy, to your point, I think there's there's a certain thing to be said of like, at some point, does the week-to-week matter, right? Like, we don't really care about these events no. That much as it, it is right now. So who cares whether you know whether they're playing for the PGA Tour or the size as long as they're all popping up at the majors. Now, if it affects the majors, you know, in a bad way, that sucks. It could affect the majors in a good way, where that's the only time everybody's getting together, and then it's like, holy shit, this is going to be really interesting. The two things on the PGA Tour front, I think, that are interesting or 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 that are kind of calling to me right now is if Monahan's going to Washington and is going to lobby, you know, or, or get the horses in the back with congressional guys and, and try to, you know, try to get some some antitrust stuff squared away or whatever. That, to me, feels, A, like because, like, the lawsuits are going to start flying in the next, say, like, when's the Portland event supposed to be? It's opposite uh, John Deere. Okay, so the, so the lawsuits are going to start flying in the next three to four weeks then because the first event, I, I assume they're going to give a lot of releases for that one. The second one, they're... They're not going to. They will have to do it. They had the the, the releases have to be filed within forty five days of the start date of the tournament, and the tour has to give notice within thirty days, about four thirty days. So I would assume that he's going to go and say, 
hey, you know what, congressman from Iowa or congressman from, you know, Texas, like, you like having your PGA Tour event in town. Uh, do you want that to continue? Now, my thought would be, like, there's no guarantee that continues either way, right? Because the, because the schedule is so damn bloated anyway. And then B, the tours had, like, wasn't that the whole point of the WGCs? Was to, like, take care of these top players and the FedEx Cup and, like, all this bullshit that they've strapped on and bolted onto the schedule and to the entire ecosystem. And, like, it just shows, like, how fucking incapable they are of, like, formulating anything remotely interesting. Like, we're in year what? We're in year... 15 of the FedEx Cup. But that's what bothers me about the the play. Like, it's designed for to funnel money to the players, right? So, and then the players are the ones upset about this not being enough <laughs> and going and running. That's where I'm like, dude, fuck this. Like, you guys are, this system is, is kind of taking advantage of the golf fan as it is right now. And yeah. it's only going to make things worse. And I think you're underselling a little bit of, like, watching PGA Tour golf, like, there are weeks that pop up that are like sevens out of ten and eight out of ten that are unexpected. There's about twenty. There's about twenty weeks a year that are yes. really good. And but like that is going to diminish greatly into like if all of a sudden let's say Scottsdale becomes like the Mexican Open in terms of field and buzz around it, like that is a huge loss for the PGA Tour calendar and and just for and the follow, sports calendar in general. In general, yeah. yes, and that's what. I, that's why I'm taking PGA Tour golf over the Saudi Golf League. Yet, do I think they could restructure everything? And you know, like it, it would be such but, but an let me, interesting let me, let me conversation. Ask you this, Holly. Go ahead. With, with without viable threats and and without a, a true alternative, I don't think the PGA is ever going to make the necessary changes that they're going to need to make over a long run. So totally agree. I, I almost think from from a PGA Tour fans perspective and what this will do week for week yeah we might it might suck a little bit in the shorter term but i'm also pretty confident they'll they'll do what they have to 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 come back stronger in the longer run which i think is is probably a good thing i think i mean but i'm left thinking all right we're two years down the line over two years down the line of this initial you know of it being public who knows how how long they knew about it prior to that even and like what have they done they've talked about some silly season team event and basically doing away with the fall series and, that, the and then and then they've and then they've got the strategic alliance that they haven't done shit with yet except for the scottish open and the barracuda and a couple other like co-sanctioned events and it's like guys like like come on like what like give us some ideas like shit or get off the pot here let's move a little bit quicker be a little bit more dynamic you know like like they're they, they've been coalescing and breathing down their neck for the last year, third leg Greg, and and they're just, you know, and they haven't done shit. And now he's going to Congress, and to me that's saying, that's a sign of weakness, right? It's saying, hey, like, the barbarians are at the gate, and we don't really have the answers. Yeah, I, I don't know if it is weakness or if it is, uh, uh, you know, a, a strength move or if it does solidify their, you know, monopolistic hold that they have on competitive golf in North America. I really don't know the purpose of it yet. I, I, I don't, I just, I keep falling back on like how much different this whole conversation would be if I thought like the Saudi golf league or whatever the opposing golf league was going to be, was designed well for fans. Even like yeah. we, we don't know where it's going to be on fucking television yet. Like, or if it's even going to be on exactly television. like it, the whole thing is so crazy rushed and it's, I just think it's going to be a terrible, terrible product and for that, I'm like, dude, I do not want to see guys that I've rooted for in, in any capacity like run and go do that. Like, I think that makes golf super shitty. 
And unless it's just the baddies. If it's just the baddies, <laughs> then that's different. But I think it's like this first couple weeks is I think are gonna go poorly. That's almost a guarantee. And there's gonna be dancing on the grave of it. And like that but they're not going away. You should not yeah. dance on the grave because the every time that this these checks start getting paid out, more and more people are going to be interested in it. Do I think it's sustainable? Do I think this thing has a chance to last many, many years? You know, do I think it has a chance to like turn a profit? I don't. I don't understand how that model possibly could turn a profit because it's That's not the point, right? You know, it's like Yeah, it's not, but like, you know, it, it is an invest I yeah, I don't think it is the point, but at some point you would you would expect that they would need to reach their internal rate of return, which is 15%. The expected IRR is 15% for the public investment fund. Like they're going to want some return on this investment at some point. Right. I, I don't but know. But at some point, isn't the whole, isn't the whole point to basically normalize business yeah. there. And so it's, you know, that 15% return can manifest itself in a lot of different, different ways. ways. Right. I think also there's a, you know, just from the perspective of, of the Saudis, like you're not dealing with a, a logical business entity here, right? That's gonna. That's why it's gonna fail. Like that's what I'm totally. Yeah, but, that's but what also I'm mad like about it's it. it's kind of it's kind of wild for like the tour to you know like like John Huggin had an article in Golf Digest today about contrasting the different ways in which the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, the Dude Perfect Tour, of course. are uh, have kind of you know fought against the Saudis here and how much more precarious of a position the the European Tour is. You know, even with the strategic alliance and everything, that was the in that article was the first actually applicable use of the word hypocritical, like the first correct usage of that in all of this Saudi golf talk. It's what people you know that that try to do the whataboutism, call everyone hypocrites when it comes to it. But they did say like the DP World Tour sanctioned the Saudi international for three years, and then now saying yeah. it's taboo. Like that is that is a hand up example of like yes, this is ex- like. European Tour has been is uh, kind of made their own bed when it comes to this, and they're on a but very different footing than the PGA. I will Tour. say the best but, thing, but that, that's the best yeah, thing that yeah. they could have done. The European Tour would have been to partner with the Rain Group from the start, and be this other entity because yeah. otherwise they have no fucking juice no. at all. Like they they don't have any money. They have like props to them for for you know a good schedule like the last couple of years of like playing tournaments and everything like that. But there's no. You know, all the best players are playing in America anyway. There's just, like, they don't have a pension fund. There's just so many problems with it. And going from four to five years in between hosting a home Ryder Cup where they make all their money cannot have been good for their finances. I know they got a cash influx from the PGA Tour. But, Randy, what were you going to say? I I was just going to say, you know, if if (laughs) – oh, God, all this has been belabored, so I'm I'm sorry. But – as far as simply partnering with Saudi Arabia, that, that's where, as a citizen of the United States, it feels a little hypocritical to get mad at people for, for, for going into a partnership with a Saudi Arabia or an entity from Saudi Arabia. Because, I mean, look at what our government has been doing for, for 20 plus years. And, and so that's not like it, it's it's shitty, but that's not the source of my anger. Like I get more upset just with these players for just very transparently wanting the money and then telling us it's about not wanting yes. the money. Like just, just be upfront with us and say, listen, it's a ton of money and that's what I'm going to do it for. And instead of giving us the, you know, grow the game and all the BS that comes with it. I think that's where my, that that's where I get upset. But, but there's a certain baseline point where it's like, yo, 
I mean, our government's partnering with Saudi Arabia. They're an ally of ours. And so it's hard for me to like blame the, the European tour for sanctioning events in Saudi Arabia. Or I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we, we kind of lose sight of that a little bit. My counter to that would be like, hey, I'll, I'll put a hand up right here. Please do not anyone think that I will swear off on 100% of the things the United States government does. Like that's everyone keeps wanting to like, play, like throw that at us. And I'm like, dude, I don't think we should have relations with Saudi Arabia. I, I grant it's way more complicated than that and not that simple. But I, I still think that there is so much noise between like, Going and taking money from them to say great things about them. That's what it's all for. Like, it, it, it's so different than that uh, versus like, oh, Saudi Arabia invests in Twitter. You use Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Saudi, you wouldn't, Saudi Arabia invests in FedEx. FedEx is a huge sponsor of the tour. Do you, I, I just hope people really understand how vast the gap is between like going and singing the praises of this country, like like taking money to sing the praises like, uh, like of P, this country. Like P and Bryson going to yes. a... To a uh, you know, elementary school and saying like, oh my look God, at the, like, look at the progress and yeah. all this stuff versus like money invested publicly, you know, in public companies and things like that and government interactions and all this stuff. Like the PGA tour is also not like a product of the U S government directly. And they don't go around being like, look, you know, it, it's not apples to apples is my point. Plus I you're just, feeding uh, the what about ism Randy. And it makes me well, nervous. No, no. We, we get a lot of military appreciation. They're, they're, There's you know, some. the more, the more you peel back, I, I'm just saying it's not as clean as I think sometimes it's presented. Oh, that, that's totally fair. I also think, you know, people say, Hey, why aren't the ladies playing in the Aramco series getting any shit? That's, you know, that's, that's a good point, right? Like, and it's different circumstances and different context. And, but at the end of the day, like, that's a good point. I acknowledge it, right? It's not, it's not clean. And, uh, one of my big problems is just third leg Greg. Like, <laughs> sure. the, the guy seems like a fucking buffoon. Of course. Of it's, course. But it's so representative of, of the whole, the whole situation, I think. Yeah. If I just felt like any of this was about the golf. Right. That's that's where I, it's come from being a sports fan is the, the crux of all of it, I think. Yeah, it's like I could, you know what, I could sit here and be like, you know what, let's see how it goes and da-da-da-da-da. These, these are bad guys, but it's good for the game. No, like it's just, I just don't feel like the golf's going to be very good. No. And, and that's a very valid point, and, and that's that's well taken. Purely from like, is this great for the game of golf? I, I totally acknowledge that the product, the, the none of this really advances competitive tour golf for golf fans it doesn't seem like so i i very much acknowledge that we got to talk about another incident this week but before we do that there has been a lot of great golf played for 125 years even at the pinehurst resort it's been the home of american golf and yet there's never been a better time to be there the championship legacy of donald ross's masterpiece pinehurst number two endures as the u.s opens first anchor site it's going to have five u.s opens scheduled over the next two decades gil hans has recently redesigned pinehurst number four there's also number six which is home of the first u.s adaptive open those are just three of the nine championship golf golf courses to experience at pinehurst after testing your game there grab a few wedges and enjoy a loop at the cradle our 789 yard short course that's been hailed as the most fun 10 acres in golf off the course, indulge in, a, in an array of craft beers brewed on site at Pinehurst Brewing Company or relax with your buddies in the stylish North and South Bar. Pinehurst continues to evolve, making it much more than a bucket list destination, but a place to return to again and again. Go to Pinehurst.com now and plan your visit. And play number three, too. Yes. This one was especially like, God, you're just an asshole uh, this week. <laughs> you know, in front of cameras playing on PGA Tour Live. Uh, Sergio hits a uh, a bad drive on what the tenth hole, way left, 
into the shit, into the red, uh, that the the penalty area. That's the Sung Kang hole too. I think it is the Sung Kang hole, and goes to go look for the ball, and in the process has to. Uh, a spotter tells him where it is, and we find this out later. Spotter tells him where he is, so he has to go all the way around the creek. creek finds the ball. A rules official enters into the conversation, you know, was was far away, but was timing Sergio as he was hunting for his ball and comes up and tells him uh, that he had taken too long for the search, essentially. It taken four and a half minutes. He said he started the clock. Eventually, a, rule, a, a statement comes out. Sergio takes issues with it. A statement comes out later that night uh, saying that the rules official did, in fact, make a mistake. Uh, and, and, and as that happened, Sergio challenges the rules official on this uh, in the video, says something along and. You know, tells him, like, hey, I didn't start the search until I got to the other side of the creek. They told me that. And the rules official says something like, well, that, that would change things right here. But Sergio has already lost his shit. And he's like, so you're, you're saying I took too long. You're saying I took too long. And then picks up the ball and says to the guy, I can't wait to leave this tour. I cannot wait to get out of here. And something. And three the, more weeks. The next more. Yeah, yeah the, only a few more weeks and I'm done with you guys or something like that. It was just like. Just what an unbelievable asshole move. Like, the microphones and cameras are right there. You 1 million percent know this is going to get picked up. And just resting on this idea that, like, yeah, it's the PGA Tour rules officials that are driving me away from this from this tour. This is what this is what the Saudis are going to get right. Uh, oh, by the way, the get. Saudis hired the, the overarching <laughs> PGA Tour rules official, Slugger White, to be their head of rules, right? <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up. <laughs> yeah, are they going to enforce the rules of golf differently? I, I I don't get that. I I love the whole incident. It's <laughs> you know, golfers want to be athletes. They want to be you know ha- having a good rules dispute with the official is is great. It seemed like kind of whiny and some of Sergio's old old tendencies creeping up though. A rules debate is fine, and he was on the right side. Like the ruling, the the rules official got it wrong. So I'm with him on that. What I'm not with him on, this is the first statement we have of this, of anyone making a statement like, I cannot wait to be done with this tour, right? He's the only one to say that. Yeah, he's got senioritis. Can't wait to get to to what's next. (laughs) Or maybe he's playing Colonial and he's just pumped to get, or like he's he's playing playing AT&T Byron Nelson. He's playing Charles Schwab Challenge. He just wants to get back to Texas. (laughs) He's not... You know, he's, he's, he's a Texas guy through and through, right? Big Tex. If you're going to do that, you got to speak with media afterward. And he bypassed media afterward yeah, and hasn't spoken chicken, to the media after that. It's shit. such a bitch move. It's, yeah. it's, it's incredible. It is very much like every now, I felt like for a, a long time there, we were really trying to convince ourselves that Sergio had matured and was past all this shit. And we were able to look past his past transgressions. And he just keeps raising the bar. This is the same guy that got disqualified in Saudi Arabia for attacking uh, a bunker and several. He dis he, he dismembered like five greens or something like that, and was That's right. There's an alleged quote that he said about what what should be done with the bunkers there that I won't share that uh, has not made the public airwaves yet, but uh, was possibly another reason why he uh, really why he why he uh, yeah what what should be done with those which yeah it's it was horrific. <laughs> So these guys, these guys might just be, you know, don't don't have these guys as your role model. Not a don't hero. Have these guys raise your kids. You know, these are these might be some bad guys. Not despite, a hero. Despite the years and years and years of of every marketing initiative by the tour to, to these guys are good. These guys great, are bad. Clean cut, all American guys. These these guys are. 
Lee Westwood gave an interview this week. Uh, Jamie Weir asked him a lot of questions about uh, what's coming up and his you know desire to play. He says I'll, in the in the live go- the first live golf event, he's like, I love playing in England. Says blah blah blah. And uh, when asked about you know some of the controversy around it, he said you know about Saudi Arabia. He says there's a Formula One race there. Newcastle is partly owned uh, by people from Saudi Arabia. That's been a big problem. <laughs> there's been boxing fights there. Uh, I think there's snooker and darts there. I think Saudi Arabia are obviously they've got issues. I think lots of countries around the world have got issues, and I think they are trying to improve. They are trying to do it through sport. A lot of places and countries do. I think they're doing a lot quicker than some countries are trying to do it, and that maybe worries people or that scares people because people don't like change, do they? Uh, Buddy, I don't think that's what's scaring people, but they like continuity and things to stay the same. Uh, He also added, I'm an independent contractor, and I work for myself. It's my job, and I have to do what's right for me. So, th- so that going back to what I said earlier, just lead, just lead with that. I'm an independent contractor. I'm going to make way more money over there, and that's why I'm going. Yes, cool. Like, I'm not a politician. It. We we can we can agree or disagree on if I would do that if I was in your position, but at least you're you're just shooting us straight. You can you can leave all the other stuff. You know, don't don't even worry about all the other stuff. I love how he like actually explains sports washing though. Like uh, he thinks he's like giving a really good explanation, but he's like, no, 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 they're like trying to change it. Like giving, giving the perception that they're changing through sport. Like that's what they're doing. They're doing it quick. You guys are just scared of all the change. That's what's the issue here. They're playing snooker and darts. Over there. <laughs> Come on. My, my guy, Michael Van Gruen's going over there. <laughs> trying to get the nine darters. Uh, Martin Keimer's also confirmed as the other world number one that is seeking a release to play uh, in, in the live golf. So question for you guys. Hmm. Let's say a female golfer, an LPGA player, one of the best players in the world. Let's say just uh, this is a complete hypothetical. I'm just going to draw a name out of a hat. Let's say Nelly Corda, who is back, back and forth, probably the most marketable female golfer in the world right now outside of Korea, put in an application to play in the Centurion event in London. Do you think, A, do you think the Saudis would or live golf, do you think they would accept that? B, do you think, you know, if she played well and, like, wanted to keep playing, do you think that that would be amenable to them? I think that's a very interesting thought exercise. Somebody somebody posed that question to me via, via Twitter DMs. I would yesterday. think that that would be a dream for them. Like, look how – we have a woman playing here. Look how much change we have going on over here. Maybe we're giving them ideas here. <laughs> yeah, to, God. Because it sounds like they've also signed or they're on the verge of signing – some, you know, up and comers, some some really really good collegiate players to NIL deals. Basically, that's what we've been saying. Of like, yo, like, why don't they just do this and like yeah. build, kind of build sustainably from the ground up instead of just hollering at all these, you know, past their prime old dudes. And where I'll join you, Randy, and like kind of losing my you know enthusiasm to be aggrieved is like the the pros that they kind of fill the field with. I'm kind of like. Dude, yeah, it just like doesn't really register for me. Like I, I Garrigus. Like, yeah, do I really care about like, do I think that much less of Robert Garrigus going to go play it? Like, no, nah, I just don't really care. Like, do I think less of like a legend like Phil Mickelson, who I've followed my entire career and have you know rooted for, like doing what I think is quite clearly obnoxiously being greedy and chasing money, like truly soulless money and making me lose my love for following golf. Yeah, I think about that very differently than I do Garrigus. And that's and that's fair. And I I don't even I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, that was my thing with Phil was like, man, PGA Tour has been really good to you. And you got boatloads of fans that, you know, it was shitty when he started skipping uh, the waste management yes. Phoenix to, to go over and play in Saudi Arabia. I mean, that was that that's so shitty. 
Uh, so I, I don't disagree with that. There's no views of, of the Red Sea in, in Scottsdale, though. <laughs> I, I think, Tron, to your point about Nelly, I kind of agree with Solly. I, you know, I don't know if it's in their bylaws that it's, like, male only, so I, I don't know if it's even feasible. But... Buddy, they're making this up as they go. <laughs> they can change right. that I don't know if heartbeat. they have bylaws. I, I, I think they'd almost, yeah, like, you know, trumpet her as, like, a, yeah. you know, God, look look at how progressive we are, you know. Binger One Rules ask, will Phil decline or have to speak in the press conference prior uh, to the PGA? If he speaks, do you think he is his usual confident, smartest guy in the room self or more truly remorseful? This is assuming that Phil does play in the PGA. Seth Waugh was on Gary Williams' Five Clubs podcast and gave a pretty, you know, far, like, like wide-ranging answer on this and basically said, like, hey, I, you know, I... We've talked a lot about this. We've thought a lot about it. It needs to be early in the week so it doesn't make the golf a sideshow on Friday, on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, I would imagine that if he does play, it's going to be a big to-do on Monday, as early as possible in the week and then try to get it out of the way. I, yeah, I think Phil's, Phil's got well, – I would have said prior to, like, the last however many months, he's got very good political instincts. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think there's going to be – a, a very, you know, earnest mea culpa at some point. Now, I he still might go play in the live events. Uh, you know, he might try oh, to he explain will go play in those. There's his reasoning, but I, I, I would almost be surprised if at some point there's not something like that. I feel like he he can't afford not to go play no. in the live events. He has well, he like lost his sponsors. Bed, yeah. yeah, I mean, and he's not he's not once been apologetic at all about siding with live, other than calling them scary motherfuckers like. In his statement, he was a double you know, down. He was, yeah. So I think that's a, a virtual lock. But yeah, it'd be shocking if he didn't play the PGA. I think we can expect to see him. I have no inside info on that at all, but like he's going to be there. <laughs> Somebody was asking me if they thought, they're like, hey, looking back on his career, do you think at winged foot that he did that on purpose on 18? <laughs> and you know what? Like I was like, that's insane. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, that is insane. Like Phil might be insane. And like, oh, he. The gambling debt is, yeah. seems like it's so far out of control that I've read uh, Alan Shipnuck's book. Um, we're going to have Alan on the podcast this coming week as well. And uh, the gambling thing is it's it's not fun. Like it's a it's 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 weird how much I won't spoil any of the stories. We're going to talk a lot about him, but like again, just like obsessive he is about like proving how smart he is, and when it's just so so foolish, like the Billy Walter stuff, like. Billy Walters is an expert, expert gambler, and they went in on a lot of bets together. And, like, Phil would also make, like, side bets that Billy would not sign off on and, like, have to pay Bill. That's, like, where the whole Dean Foods thing started from was, like, Phil was making side bets that Billy's like, no, I don't want to make that bet, and owed Billy the money on it. Like, he he's just, like, a he's just a psychopath, man. Um, At some point, like, why didn't, why didn't the Saudis just have Phil run this whole thing instead of bringing in Greg? That's a interesting. That's a question I'd love to ask. It's not like the Phil. players like Greg, right. you know, and like I know a lot of the players don't like Phil, but like that seems like kind of a, you know, both things are equal in that regard. Maybe he could still be the future commissioner. I mean, Greg didn't last very long as an analyst with Fox. I don't know how long he's going to last in this deal. Maybe Phil is a future commissioner of uh, yeah. Live Golf. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> like, but did like honestly, it would actually I would get more excited. Because Phil's so outrageous, but he, at the end of the day, Phil also like knows golf and he knows entertainment and all that. Whereas, like, I don't get the sense that like Greg Norman just knows like Greg Norman. Yes, 
the last of the of the news around the uh, the rival <laughs> golf leagues this week. A letter was sent from the Premier Golf League World a Telegram uh, World Golf Group Limited uh, to the PGA Tour voting members. A call to action. Um, do you guys want me to read it? Does it make sense to go through it all, or uh, a summary of it? I think you can read the read the high points. So yeah, it, hit the, hit the, it's tough. Let me just say, I thought it was tough. It starts with your profession is approaching an historic crossroads. The international series funded and owned by Live Golf Investments represents an existential threat, not only to the PGA Tour's dominance, but also its model. Change is not only inevitable, it is happening. And no amount of purse rejigging, head burying, band threatening, alliance making, or moving on will derail it. I, I agree with all that. Yes. Like totally, you know, kosher. Liv's superb for- format, based on our very own original PGL format, don't agree with that. <laughs> is capable of generating ten billion dollars of equity value. Hence, Liv is prepared to spend four hundred million dollars to demonstrate the brilliance of the model across eight events. I don't quite buy into that because I don't. I don't think it's apples to. I. I. I don't think uh, Liv is throwing a ton of money at it because it makes financial sense for them. I, I don't think they have the players to back that. And I think in this, in their, in the PGL's theory, they have the, the players to market to make it ten billion worth $10 billion. Yeah, we're, we're looking at it's a, not worth business, a business venture here versus something other than a business venture. Yeah. Um, the P, it continues, the PGL is not just for the feeded few, but all of golf. It is also just as capable of generating $10 billion of value. So as a PGA Tour voting member, you have two options. You could, A, own 50% of the PGL and make $20 million each, $2 million up front, with a further $1 billion of value to be shared between members of the Corn Ferry and DP World Tours. Or you could, B, do nothing and leave live to generate that value while the two oldest tours contemplate a full merger that would serve neither membership. I mean, th- those are the two options, right? <laughs> Our letter to the policy board uh, set out how... Well, well, what if, well, I guess, what if they aren't the only two options? And what if there's not really $10 billion in value to be created? Well, that, that, we're going to get to that. That here. would be yeah. something you would want to know the answer to, right, Randy? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> of, course, uh, of course. Our letter to the policy board set out how you and your fellow voting members could own 50% of the PGL, which would operate under PGA Tour Inc.'s existing umbrella alongside its other tours. No releases would be required to play PGL events. The policy board has, however, refused to discuss our proposals. Based on a presentation by Allen & Co., it disputes the PGA's ability to generate $10 billion of value. As Roy McElroy recently messaged, we had Allen & Company present to the board in Orlando about the PGL proposal. They don't think $10 billion by 2030 is feasible at all. They said you need to create 20 Ryder Cups a year from now until then to get to that number. In the corporate finance world, this is technically known as Bullshit. But then again, Allen & Co. has never spoken to us nor had access to the information it, requ- it would require in order to produce an accurate valuation. Any thoughts, Randy, to this point? Well, you tell me. You're, you're a former auditor. You worked in public accounting. I set aside, what, what, I mean, what, what do your instincts tell you with all of this? I, I was very intrigued by your tweet this week by saying your instincts, every fiber of your being, I believe, was the quote that says that you, you're... Uh, that you you believe Allen and Co in this regard, which yeah. honestly makes a lot of sense for your auditing career, right? Because you didn't actually go to any clients, and <laughs> but but why why Allen and Co is is a third party uh, brought in by by the board to essentially you know hey put some numbers to this tell us what you think is is this even feasible? And obviously Allen and Co came back and said 
we think it's pretty much not possible. Um, but it also and, feels but, a little bit like rubber stamped, right? Randy, but, here's, but what's here's their a incentive big... to rubber stamp? I guess that's what I'm getting the at. PGA Tour? Like, uh, the whole incentive would be to to be like, this is a brilliant idea. Well, Randy, here, a big issue here is if you are Allen & Co., you need to see the model. Like, you have to see the model to judge if it's viable. And they have not seen the model. They have not. I, I, w- I did this for nine years. I was an auditor. Granted, in a very different regard, I audited financial, public, you know, public financial statements. But to do that, to audit a company's numbers, to dig in, you have to ask probing questions about the inputs, about, you know, what, what they're presenting, how they're reaching sure. these certain things. Like, it is, a, it is a, a arduous process to go about auditing something. And the first step is you need to get the numbers. You need to see it. I think but, but let's be very hold on. Let's be very clear that this is not a business they're auditing. This is an idea that they're it's a model giving yes. credence to. So I, I think Allen and Co. Presumably, very smart people work there. I mean, they they can set parameters for certain inputs. I, I we're we're talking about like uh, projections here. That that's why I'm like you, you don't. There's no like nitty gritty actual data to to dive into. Yes, there is. There's a. Have you not? Have we sent you the 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 financials? Have you not seen it? And I don't agree with any of them. I guess that's what I get back to. Is I mean we've we've <laughs> talked about what they're valuing these teams at, and I think it's ridiculous. Well, the so like how they've gone about putting together the advertising model, right? It comes. It is, you know, signed off on or modeled with the input of the actual media buyers, right? They've met with media buyers to put together these numbers to say like, hey, this is what we are thinking here. No, that's worth this. No, it's worth, no, it's less than that, blah, blah, blah. That is where it kind of turned, because when we initially started this conversation was like, all right, I don't have no idea where this 10 billion comes from. Like they, they showed us where it comes from. Like, I don't know whether or not it's right. I truly don't, but like, gosh, that really makes sense. If you're talking this, 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 and this, and this, like the, it was, it actually, like the, if you asked them, like they, they think this number is actually pretty conservative. That's my other thing too, is if it's, I mean, if it's not 10 billion, if it's 5 billion or 6 billion, like, that's the, to me, it's still compelling. Yes. Right. Well, and I, I think, and it's like, and if, if that, you know, if it can create that sort of value, then that means to me that like the fans, like fans are engaged and it's, it's, a good model. The best players are playing. Everything's kind of unified under this. Like it just seems to me, it seems a hell of a lot cleaner to me. It's like with Allen and co what's their motivation. I think their motivation in this case is like to cash a big fucking check from the tour for, for not doing a whole lot. Right. Like they're, they were brought in by the tour to basically say, Hey, tell like, like give us plausible deniability that this is a shitty option here and so so that so that Why, by the so players that, no no like the plate no the players the board of the tour is not the players correct this isn't like the policy board this is like the board of directors of the pga tour which is you know it's jay Four players and but five like randall stevenson and like just some some you know random but, business but, but people it has players people. on it it has four players on it correct yeah so i mean presumably if they thought they were getting railroaded i mean they would raise a stink about it but you yeah, would think the, that, the, and, and that you would think that Jay and company could just say, "Hey, like, like out, like work the back and say, hey, Allen Co, like, give us something to to present to our player directors here that that shows that this is not a viable alternative." Randy, originally my instincts when they said it's worth ten billion, bro, that's bullshit. Like I when I first saw that, right, that was my instinct, and I think that's a lot of people's instinct, and I don't even know if it is, but 
the point being like, at least have a, the, the entire point of the world golf group is like, Hey, have a conversation with us about it. Like, let's talk about some of these inputs. What are we wrong about? I'm happy to revisit this. If we are wrong about this, that's what they're asking for is a seat at the table to say, like, if you're going to stand up and say without looking, like, talking to them, this is not feasible. That seems irresponsible. If that's the truth, do you, would you agree with that? I, I don't understand why you have to invite this group to your table what's the intellectual property here if it's such and that's where andy has been like well i just want what's best for the game and if it's if the pj tour just wants to use it and run with it great i i i just every fire of my being is like these guys why would the tour want to invite in an outside group and split equity with them and, and do all this it just doesn't make sense to me like these are very smart business people both involved in the tour and, and their consultants and everything. It, it just, I, I am not persuaded by the, the PGL's pitch, I guess. I also just think that like at some point the tour, like the, the, the tour's responsibility is to the players. And if, if they're not at least going to like, and basically Jay's, Jay's responsibility is seem, seemingly to the status quo. That's right? that honestly, that's like, Randy, what gets me. I, see, I see what you just said as an enormous hurdle. And Andy and I talked about that on the podcast. I was like, do you see it this being as big of a, and he admitted, like, yes, of course I do. That's what the purpose of this letter. And I think it could have been commuted way better, communicated way better. I think you're drawing way too much. You're drawing attention to the, the worst stuff by saying, actually saying bullshit in here. Like the letter stinks. The letter is not, <laughs> this is not the way to do this. Like if you're asking players to tweet this, not one player <laughs> is going to tweet this. Like that, that's not going to work. But the, the point is getting this message to the players. Like, there is a possible, like, obviously, people are interested in running to this live golf thing and running into a huge pile of money. Like, that is the case. People that aren't interested in it, probably for a, a big part of the reason would be the Saudi ties and, you know, the issues they're going to have with their sponsors and all, all the many reasons not to do it. What if there is a third alternative option that involves you not needing releases to go play these tournaments? Wouldn't you, as the players, want to hear about this? And that's why the, the 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 tour board being like not even entertaining it, not even Rory said this on the podcast. Like if you're gonna have you know as my role as player director, you you have Andy on here talking about this. Don't you don't you at least have to listen? And they're not willing to listen. That's the part that is an issue. Or or even acknowledge that they like they've yeah. never once publicly acknowledged. Well, and I know there's issues if you publicly acknowledge it and all that. But at some point, like that's where that's what I was saying earlier in the pod. Like at some point. Like the rubber, the rubber's gonna meet the road here, and this shit's happening, like one way or another. And there's like, in in some ways, like this could be the lesser of two evils, and the and, and you never even evaluated it. Uh, or they obviously feel like they did, and it's how do you do that with not talking to them in the though? Sky. Like that, that's what blows my mind though. How do you how do you evaluate it without like understanding the inputs or talking about the vision in any way? Well, I, I think you can get pretty close to the inputs. I, I guess I would, I, I just don't, I, I don't know what you're necessarily going to glean that a, a room full of smart people can't, well, you know, come to on their own. Like part of the problem too is if, if they do talk to them, then it's, it's Jay and the entire establishment at the, at the PGA tour, like signaling to their members that hey we like we've done a shitty job of monetizing yes. this and we, that's a huge huge thing. It's here. them admitting like vast amounts of weakness and saying hey like we're we we haven't done right by you guys as yes. far as we're costing you money you know or and and our model is broken yes like our mo or our model is inhibiting us from doing this. That um, is that is a huge enormous hurdle to clear. That's why they're trying to bypass 
the decision makers here to say like players do you want to hear this if like if that's the case you can kick us out of the room if you don't like what we have to say like there's no harm in that but you got to let us get to the table at least like let us present it because part of it too is they've been like they've taken this to all the agencies they've yeah. taken it to all of them and talked to all of them and all the agencies are like yo this makes sense like that that's where they got all the inputs <laughs> from all the, all the agencies that are putting on these tournaments anyway yeah i, I think also it's just it's one of those things where a part of me wishes that Shipnock wouldn't have released the Phil stuff until after these guys were out on the limb. Because, I, I mean, e like, even Greg Norman's quotes this week were yeah. like, hey, like, we had... Guys got jittery after that. Like, we had we had stuff ready to roll. Like, we were going to announce stuff after, like, Genesis week, everything was happening, right? And then, you know, it was kind of backtracking after that. And it seems like, you know, the... I, I would be very curious to know like where we'd be sitting today if Shipnuck would have waited another four, six, eight weeks to release that stuff. And to the many people that are saying like PGL is just desperate, hundred million percent, like quite obvious. Like they're just like they're trying to, you know, they're outside the conference room, like waving their hands, like please somebody pay attention here. They're they are like the shit is happening. Like the live stuff is going right now. Like if you're not going to get their, their attention hands. now, yeah. then you might not ever. So why not make a hell? Because Mary they've move? they've been taking the 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 patient play, you know, the patient strategy for the last yes two years, and it's like oh shit, we times up that didn't work. We got caught with our pants down here. We've got to scramble. Yeah, I would have communicated it very differently than this. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the fallout? What would like you know calling out Rory by name? What like. Like that can't is make Rory day? happy. I don't think that's <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. I don't think that's good. Um, I maybe 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 the situation's not as urgent as they're letting on or, or you know in, insinuating, and maybe that's a mistake uh, to to give off this air of desperation. Uh, I, I don't know. I, it's I don't know what I would do differently though. If you if you feel like you, you're extremely confident in in this idea and in this concept. And you just like can't get somebody to listen to it. I don't know what else I would do. I would obviously word the letter differently, but I would follow the steps that they have been following up to this point. And I don't know what I would have done on this on this in this occasion. I mean, let's just game this out. Like, let's say these lawsuits start flying around. Guys get a you know a temporary. I don't know what you call it, an injunction or a restraining order to be able to go play in the Portland event. And basically, the the tour the tour's biggest piece of leverage is completely defanged, and they can't use that and as many guys as, as want to go play in these eight events can go play in these of these uh these uh, eight events it seems like the floodgates are open at that point and we've entered into like an entirely new world of golf yeah it's gonna be a weird weird summer it's gonna be exhausting i'm, I'm tired as it is anything else you want to say to wrap randy uh, no, I, I still stand with Allen and company. I've <laughs> seen so many bullshit economic projections and forecasts, and I just cannot escape my my skepticism. I'm just here to talk about golf, guys. <laughs> Enough of the politics. Anything else from the world of golf? We have uh, DP World Tour. Yeah. How about the Thunder Bear, the Piss Bear, <laughs> as uh, the Shotgun Star guys call him? I can't laugh about that. Torbjorn, gosh. I mean, he finishes, I guess yesterday he finished, was it Birdie Eagle? And then he finished Birdie, Eagle. or sorry, sorry, Eagle Birdie. And then he finished Birdie. Uh, Eagle e Birdie today. Eagle Birdie again today to win. I was gutted because Richie Ramsey doubled the doubled the 72nd hole to ostensibly lose by one, but then it ended up being losing by two. Sebastian Soderberg was going to get absolutely crowned. 
Uh, the Belfry stinks, though. I'll ju- I just had to get that out there. The place is, place is it's bleak. <laughs> Thank you, TC. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Back Sorry, to that was, that I, was, got, I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> that, was, that was my recap of the week in, at the, at the Betfred uh, British Masters presented by or hosted by Danny Willett. I did not watch any, any F1. This weekend. Well, I watched the Miami race today. Max won. Um, it was overall not too exciting of a match uh, or of a race. Max won from third place at the start, though. He beat Carlos Sainz off the line and then uh, overtook uh, Charles Leclerc. And uh, there was a, a late crash that caused uh, uh, some decent racing there near the end. But it was it was Max's, Max's asserting himself. And uh, he's got a lot of time to make up the gap to first place. And it looks like Red Bull, it's Red Bull Ferrari show this year. It's it's not going to be Mercedes. So, mm. it's my, exciting. My guys at uh, AlphaTauri, bad day for them. Twelfth and DNF. Mm. McLaren's struggling too. Zach Brown band is is. Uh, we didn't do disclaimer yet because we still got a little bit of golf we got to talk about. Okay. The F one part goes at the okay. very end when people are going to shut us off. But we got we haven't done one of these in a little while. Uh, we've done these kind of monthly what's in the bag segments here. Uh, we've been waiting for the right opportunity to finally get into this, but. We've talked. We've we've t- we've mentioned it a lot in passing, but uh, TC and I both have the U Wood, the the Callaway U Wood in the bag. Can you describe this club uh, for those that maybe have not seen it and what you like about it? Oh my gosh, it's so clean looking. First of all, what is it? What's a U Wood? It's a utility wood, apex utility wood. It's like it's like if a five wood and a and a hybrid had a baby. Sounds and, right. Um, it just. I don't know what I don't I like I can't explain it. It's just and like I didn't really understand it before I got it. I've got the 19 degree. The first time I hit it was on the the so the third hole, the Pasatiempo, fourth hole, the third the, hole. The, yeah, third hole, par four. I, I hit it to like you know, like one of the best like 230 yard shots I've hit in a long time. And I'm like, "Holy shit, this thing's awesome." And then almost made an albatross with it later in the round and then brought it to Scotland and like almost took like I took my utility iron out of the bag i took my forearm out of the bag i can saw it off from 210 and i can juice it to 240 it's and it stops on a dime it's crazy that's what you know we've used a lot of the i i think i've gone maybe four different routes trying to close the gap between three wood and four iron i've tried a five wood i've tried an 18 degree driving iron i've tried a 21 degree driving iron this is the first club i've been able to put in between that gap that has been able to like the two the long par threes or going for par fives in two I could never hold the green with the 18-degree driving iron. I could smoke one and run one up yeah. to one, but I can't land something on and hold the green. The five-wood, honestly, was going like really far for me. I just couldn't get that that gap to work right. And this, I have the 21-degree U-wood. I'm, I'm putting an order in for even lower lofts because I want to kind of experiment a little bit with like kind of hitting them off the tee a little bit more. I might put two in the bag. I might do a 17 and a 21. Be provocative. Because now I can hit it, like you said, I can hit it from like 215 or if I need to gas one. I hit a shot at, at old old McDonald that I just never never had in my bag before. I had like two forty six, a little bit of downwind, had to cover a bunker and hold the green on a firm green on a par five, and I shot this thing straight up into the air. I've never been able to hit that shot, and it stopped and rolled like fifteen feet and held the green. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. That's all I need. Like I yeah. finally have this can close that gap that I've been desperately trying to close for honestly about four years. It's one of the best clubs I've ever owned. The sound on it reminds me of like the three wood I grew up playing. Um, or like my favorite hybrid from growing up. And then like, it just it, like I've started chipping with it. Like the face doesn't feel quite as hot as like my apex pro, uh, 18 degree. And that one just, yeah, same thing. It just doesn't spin and it just goes and it. And, and this one, 
it gets up in the air a little bit more. I can work it both ways. It's it's just like it's the coolest golf club I've put in the bag in like the last three or four years. Awesome. Have, have you tried this yet, Randy? No, but I I saw yours out in uh, Oregon and super intrigued by it and actually just asked our friends at Callaway if they would send me one. So I'm hoping to get my hands on one very, very shortly. But from hearing you guys talk about it and explain it and having looked at it in person, very, very excited to, to hit it. I'm caddying for Solly tomorrow. That's in, uh, right. U.S. Open locals. If you're listening to this, we're probably on the course already if you're listening to this on Monday morning. But, uh, yeah, we got to – I'm doing the local one in Ponte Vedra, which is honestly never a good idea. There's so many freaking good players in this area, but uh, tough plantation course. Uh, it doesn't take a crazy low number to get through, but it's going to take some really, really, really good golf tomorrow. And uh, there's going to be some of that hybrid off the tee for sure. We got some conditions. Conditions, 16 miles an hour out of the north northeast tomorrow, so it's going to be. And, and that place is known for their. I've never been over there, but the place is known for their firm, fast greens. It's, right? It's big greens and and decently wide for a Florida course. Like it, it can it can maintain that kind of wind. Uh, I was setting. We played a practice on that this weekend. Setting putters down, and the putter was like gliding on the greens. It's that kind of firm. They've not been putting much water on them, and I'm guessing they're going to spice the speed up just a little bit. Some, If the pins were where the dots were, too, there's some dicey ones, some extremely dicey ones in the Sick. getting that north-northeast wind going. We're, we're going to have to play short of a couple pins for sure. Listen, so. that's the house that Peter Kuchar built. It is. Right? Billy Ho was a, a big uh, contributor, I think, in that redesign as well. So. Let me give uh, Billy Ho a pro- some props. We do. I went out the uh, the Billy Ho. I forget the name of the tournament, the Billy Ho Invitational or something like that, uh, on the APGA Tour, which was held here in uh, at TPC Sawgrass. It's the biggest purse in the APGA Tour. If you're not familiar with that, it's the Advocates Professional Golf Association. Um, it's a, a tour designed for to give up playing opportunities to minority professional golfers. Uh, it was an 18-person field. I think the purse was $160,000 or something this week, Whoa. which is a, a, a record field. The winner got forty k, I think, for winning Willie Mack. Uh, put on a dominant performance, bogey-free in round one, and then I think he shot a 70 in round two to win it by, I think, four shots. Mm. Uh, I went out and watched it, and uh, just speaking with the people involved in the event, just Billy's investment in it and, and be, I, I sounds like The Bachelor, but being there for the right reasons was the was the sentiment I got from, from pretty much everyone. And uh, a, a quick story about that. So one of the guys that, um, you know, Billy had kind of requested to get, you know, a certain amount of everyone from this certain – category from the tour into the field and one of the guys didn't make it in for whatever reason and uh billy like found out about that and invited the guy on his own dime to come down for the week put him up for the week uh paid him last place money bought him in the pro-am he ended up actually caddying in the event but allowed him to kind of meet a lot of the sponsors involved which is a big you know purpose of the tour and uh, i just thought that was a fantastic story and it turned out that the guy that he did that with was Cam Riley, who is one of our young hitters, which I had not really, I had not heard that story from from Cam's end or anything like that. And uh, Billy was not trying to publicize that. So, if, you know, for as much as uh, we, we tend to kid Billy over the years, I just want to give a big shout out for uh, what he's doing for the APGA because it, uh, it was a fantastic experience going out there. The fatwa still stands. Fatwa still stands. That's fine. I, pa- I paused it for last week, though. It does uh, deserve, definitely deserves a shout out. So. And I think he's going to win at Brookline. Well, you changed your mind once we got to the eighth <laughs> green because he's going to flip flip out at that. So, can I talk Brookline a little bit? Yeah, we can do that. Why don't Why don't we save Quick. that one? Okay. We got we got. Right. There's a lot of majors coming up. We got a lot of content to cover, and uh, and yeah, we got to get some rest for tomorrow. We got a big day tomorrow. We do. Do we need to acknowledge the strap boys? I think so. We got a question from DMJ VPI. Uh, what are the discussions about the strap boys going going over budget uh, in Myrtle Beach? Even the C suite has to admit it was for a great cause. Um, 
Randy, what what do you have to say? Oh, my, my, we were we were trying to do a bachelor party for my boy, and it was the most miserable two days. And I could sense how miserable he was. He was anxious with the wedding. He was away from his bride. It was two weeks before the ceremony, and so I, I felt like I I had to do what I had to do. Listen, you didn't think about giving us a heads up at all, or. No, absolutely not. That was the furthest. That that was very last on my list of things to do. Very much an ask for forgiveness. Yeah, not exactly they didn't even do right. that. They didn't ask for forgiveness. Well, so I will say we were we were pretty upfront with you guys about you know a lot of different uh, inflationary measures. We we're trying to make it right for you. We know this is a tough environment. Yeah, I think you for the blamed us boys. for that, dude. Oh well, they made us focus too much in round one. I'm not used to focusing in round one. That's their fault. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean I've never heard of. Uh, you know the consumer price index. It's not like pegged to like performance, right? I, I, I if if you want to boost the, if, if we should boost the budget. I we offered. Yeah, we offered, yeah, I, we very offered to just. Of you guys. We offered to boost the budget straight away. Yeah, and you know I think it may, might have been a little reckless to go to a city like Charleston that's expensive as shit. <laughs> you know I know you stayed near we, the we, Muni. <laughs> very, very. Uh, Charleston was cheapest that was what was crazy do you understand was, uh, though like the, the also the hesitancy to boost the budget when 10 of the dollars went to a trying to get pro shop credit for hitting one on the green gambling on that well those were for your gifts so we were thinking about you in that moment and in 30 you know 30, about the budget. 38 dollars or 40 dollars going towards cigars that you guys hate cigars <laughs> and you yeah, didn't go to hooters was... you were gonna i thought you were gonna go to hooters in in north myrtle beach didn't we do that one year? No yeah, time. No. With no time. We didn't have any time for all of this stuff. We wanted to ride the Ferris wheel, but they were closed. It sounds like everything was, was closed. A little tough that way. Uh, but no regrets. No regrets about the decision. Uh, I stand by it, and I, I think the people, the people stand with us. No, I will say, I think people people give Sally and I a bad rap. The C-suite thing's clearly a bit. <laughs> you guys do whatever you want. It's just kind of like now that you guys – potentially might be unshackled from budgets you can do all sorts of you know i don't know if it's strapped i don't know if it's different series now or whatever but hey like maybe like maybe we send you you know up to alaska to go go on like a crab boat or like like a lobster or a crab boat or something like that to like earn your keep after this i do think you should have to work for for the next one to, to get your budget for the next one you guys want us to join like deadliest catch? Yes, hundred percent. Is, is that what you're insinuating? hundred <laughs> percent. You know what deadliest uh, catch is? It's good content. It is good content. No, it was fun. We, I, we, I, I can tell you, it was truly spur of the moment. Day one was what was way more expensive than than I had ever anticipated. Uh, you know, the the golf around Beaufort, Bluffton, just off Hilton Head Island. It, it just, you know, it's expensive. You guys should have snuck into Spice Bush. I know, but TC, I want to as as an owner myself. I want to I want to respect it. You know, what if everybody was trying to do that? What if somebody tried to do that week fifteen when I'm there? True, would true. hate that. Well, no. Shout out to to uh, you guys and and to to uh, DJ. That was one of the better things I think we've ever put out before. I so. I was like I can't pretend to be mad. This this is the greatest thing <laughs> I've awesome. ever watched. It was so funny. <laughs> the DJ, music was so perfect and I the best thing is we usually have we get to see previews of the episodes and DJ kind of tells us what happened. I knew none of it. Yeah. I had absolutely no idea. And I kind of got suspicious. I was like, "Oh my god, he's going to hit the mega bonus." Like that that's what they've been hiding from us and uh that of course ended up not being the case, but 
Uh, in a way, we kind of did. The mega you know, I like to think we did hit the mega bonus. The mega bonus was right. the friends we made along the way. The exactly. mega bonus was the $1,300 you guys spent, uh, you know, just having fun. I mean, how many beers did you guys have out on the golf course? Uh, well, I think we bought 20. DJ had some. We shotgunned quite a few. It was it was a long day. It was a long day. I'll tell you that. That course looked awesome. It was It was both so hokey and so awesome. Oh, I, I, would I, I would tell you to play it if you're in Myrtle Beach. The greens were fantastic. What it course was, was it? The World Tour International <laughs> Golf Links or something. I, shit, it might be like a live golf property. I don't know. Uh, it, it was uh, it was in great shape. I do want to say that. You know, some of the replica holes were English horrible, TV and some were, some were really turn. good. And Neil acting like you're going across the pond. I know that was that was low key my favorite moment. And the winged foot east, that was great. Winged foot east, yeah, it's not even the tournament course. It's just yeah, it's it's kind of a beautiful disaster of a of a replica course. Guys, I have a surprise for you, <laughs> Maximus. Yo. <laughs> We were, sorry, I was at a bar. We were just lamenting that you were too big to call into our show these days. Not too big. Uh, I just had my phone on Do Not Disturb. Didn't see all the messages, but thank you for having me. Where are you, TGI Fridays? I'm at Sports and Social Bethesda. Nice. Yeah. Hey, nice win today. Hey, congratulations, thank bud. Thank you, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing okay. We're Let's great. talk about us, please. We're, we're, we're fucking amped up about about the win, dude. Four wins. I'm so amped up win. about the last episode of Strapped. Yeah. I feel like it was Randy's <laughs> coming out party. DJ rocked the house, and it was the kid's last ride. It well, is. Thank you. You know they're making me feel bad about the decision I made in, at the Waffle House, but I'm I'm it glad was the to hear decision resonated. of all time. We weren't making <laughs> you feel you. bad. We were trying to trying to dig a little bit deeper. This on is it. why you can't be trusted, Randy. All right, Max. Tell all right. Tell us about today. Fourth time doing this. Did it feel any different than the previous times? Um, different in the confidence level, like going into today and probably the whole weekend. Uh, not so different or very different in the sense that um, I have typically played like a clean Sunday. <laughs> and this golf course was so hard um, that it just was like always going to be, you know, I get up three, then be up one. And it was just a, it felt like more of a grind than the other ones. Um, but I felt like it was just the same in the sense I felt calm and, and comfy down the stretch, but that was the hardest, that was the hardest one for sure. That was Keegan played so good, even after a couple missteps. And it was just, uh, it was just kind of like trying to outlast some body blows, uh, and just try to, you know, kind of be a golfer, get the ball in the hole. How, uh, like off the face on 18, did like that drive? That thing was absolutely pummeled. <laughs> Every <laughs> once in a while. I got this new dad strength I think I'm going to try using. How do you not twirl that one? You twirled the one at, at Wells Fargo the first time around. How do you not twirl that one? Because I was worried uh, the first day I hit it in that same spot, and it almost got to, like, the first cut of rough. So I don't, I don't want to be the guy who twirls it and misses the fairway. That's, like, a huge worry of mine um and that one it needed to be dead down the middle for me to twirl anything but i wish i wish i i wish i had that in my in my arsenal i just i'm not that cool what's the best thing joe said to you today on um, 15 uh i just got my lead went back down to one and um i was still playing well but obviously you know it was getting a little close 
and uh, we were on the tee, and he said, uh, he said, uh, you're a fucking killer. Like, you're the killer here. And uh, I went out, uh, birdied that hole, got back up three, and walking off the green, he said it again. He said, you're the fucking killer. And uh, stealing a bit of that from DJ Pihowski, but um, I told him that, you know, that story from a, a year or so ago. So when he said that, it just felt good because I, I still felt comfy and getting that little boost from Joe just – you know, knowing that he he has a lot of faith in me and he's always told me I'm a winner. And when he, you know, he kind of leans on me there and so I can lean on him with the golf stuff. I think it's just a really good balance. And then you hit like the best approach I mean, just crazy good approach into 15. Like that was. Yeah, 15, 15 was uh, I finally kind of trust myself. I felt like I was cheating my lines uh, after 11. I kept kind of like making sure I wasn't missing on the wrong side instead of hitting a great shot and relying on my iron play, which is typically kind of, you know, my thing. And I felt like I kept cheating. And I told Joe on 13, I said, I keep cheating my lines to try to not make the big mistake. And finally I got on that shot on 15. I was like, it's a perfect number. Uh, I love hitting like a little two yard draw. And I was like, I, this is the one I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to try to show, you know, that this is kind of my, my shit, I guess. Uh, and I finally hit it. And between that shot and then the one on 17 was the best shot I probably ever hit under pressure. Those two finally kind of like trust myself and letting it go. That that felt really good. Well, you made me a little nervous on 16. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you and me both, the guy. Holy smokes. <laughs> you and me, you, you and me too. I, I hit a good tee shot and it just overturned with the wind and I had an awkward one. And again, I kind of cheated my line and made sure I didn't hit the tree on my left on the second <laughs> shot. And I absolutely left in the worst spot ever. Got an awful lie, hit a good pitch and ran it five, six feet by. But it was kind of nice in a weird way. Like, Keegan made that putt. I felt like if Keegan missed and I missed, we would have the same exact, like, lead dispersion. But I would have felt shittier about it. But the fact that he made it, I was like, all right. You know, I make this putt. I stay one up. And I felt like I had a weird amount of momentum. And I don't know. It was, like, one of those weird, I guess, maybe in the moment things. But I, like... It, it like almost refocused me into like you need you know this is to keep the lead with two to play and keep the mm -hmm. golf tournament kind of in my hands and i kind of like that because like i said if he missed and then i might just go up and kind of wave at that one a little bit but i felt like i got over that one with a lot more intent and i don't know if that that those are the little things i felt good i even muttered to myself like after i made it i said i'm not fucking scared of this like keep keep <laughs> doing yeah. this because i know 17 is going to be the hardest shot of the day and i've you kind of wait on it. I know you guys know a golf course around the corner from you guys where is that, that walk to the 17th tee is just a little too long. <laughs> and I was waiting on that tee shot because I knew it was going to be in off the left in a nightmare. Um, so getting to make that putt and walk into 17 was, was that, that was cool for me. Does this change anything about what, how good you think you could be? Does four wins like change your expectations? Uh, expectations? No, but I definitely think that confidence level is getting higher and, I mean, I haven't done anything in a major yet, so I think that's going to be the next big step. But I definitely uh, – Yeah, we <laughs> talked about that before you came on. So. Yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely feel like that's coming. And I think what I'm – I think the, the boost I'll have is when I get in the mix, I'm, I, I seem to do a good job of staying in the mix. And um, I haven't been in the mix in a major yet at all. So uh, I need to get there first. But I'm definitely – the pieces of the puzzle are coming together. Short game's feeling a lot better. Um the way I've been driving it for about a year makes things a lot easier scoring wise on any golf course. So 
I think I think it's just coming together. So I know I need to play better in majors in the biggest events, but I finally did do it at the players this year. I played well there. And that, you know, that field is major caliber, obviously. And so I think that was kind of maybe the first step towards that. You also won Riv, so. Randy, I go ahead. <laughs> no fans, though. Some people put asterisks on Oh, that's on true. It. <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about that. How, how difficult were the conditions? Oh, that was my Saturday. Saturday. No, yesterday was <laughs> one of the hardest days of golf I've ever played in my life. Uh, yeah. It, it was just, it was straight up miserable, dude. On, like, the second <laughs> hole, like, we were waiting in the fairway, and I was just thinking to myself, how am I going to do this for 16 more holes? Like, and that is such a bad thought. When I used to caddy at Lakeside when I was younger, I would always try to like not count how many holes we had left because it would make the day drag on. And I was like, why am I doing this? We have 16 more holes and it's only <laughs> Saturday. But it was just it was just the most perfect amount of rain to just be annoying. Yeah. It was the most perfect amount of rain just to be like hard. And then it was windy and cold and everything was wet. And it was just like fumbling the freaking umbrella. I want to break the thing in half. Like everything was just so annoying. And at the same time, like we had to go out there and play a really hard golf course and like hit good shots and it was just like god it just like it sucked but getting through that knowing that you know i was going to come into today uh one shot closer to lead than i was the day before that i was very proud of that and i also knew that like i was we we're all going to be a little more comfortable today uh not having to deal with all that shit from from saturday i mean that was wild on saturday like you, you started the round three shots back i think like four or five holes in you were three shots up <laughs> yeah i didn't think i was going to be jason day one of the best golfers I've ever seen by eight in a day, but that's the golf course. Now is the conditions. Like the ball was sliding off the face. Oh, um, dude, it was going either right or left. It was, yeah. it was truly a nightmare on four, <laughs> like on four. I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm sitting on my couch, like with a cup of coffee, just, just, you know, warm and warm and hang, <laughs> hanging out with Freddie. And like, you hit like a 245 yard driver on four and then, and then birdie five. And I'm like, this is sick, man. He's, he's, he's in the mix. He is locked in and then like play the front nine and even had a little bumble there, 11 and 12. And then like just nails down the stretch. It was awesome. Yeah, it was just one of those things where I knew there were going to be holes where we were going to make bogeys, and I knew there was going to be shots that I hit okay that did not turn out good at all. And I also knew that there was going to be some shots I hit close, and I, I just tried to wear it out after that 12th hole and just, like, suck it back up and make – you know, I made a birdie in the rest pars and kind of just got myself to the damn house uh, as unscathed as possible. Um, and I don't know. It, that, was, that was the truest form of grind I think we've had. <laughs> Well, I know we're keeping you from uh, from a celebration here. So, uh, last question, you know, in, in line with the last time we did this, are you flying private tonight? Nope, I'm flying oh. seven a.m. tomorrow. Uh, row twelve. I didn't even get first class. Wow, <laughs> man, American. I'm, grind, I'm, I'm huh? guessing American. American. Oh, you know yeah. it. Yeah, I mean D.C. Phoenix. <laughs> you you know. got it, Tron. <laughs> Well, we're we're extremely happy for you, man. Congratulations, uh, getting. We don't really know what to talk about anymore when you win because it's kind of happened pretty frequently. But uh, it, <laughs> I hope yeah, you might be too good. I, I I was lamenting you might be too good. I just want to be in those talks, Randy, that you have where you just bitch at people for not winning majors. I want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be in there. Is Max the best player to have never won a major? There we there go. There we go. Let's start that conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Max. I <laughs> feel like you're kill you you're you're bona fides of your you're approved to be a killer now, but you got to go be a killer in a major. I do. That's right? a fact. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. So And and you got to teach Neil and Randy how to do aim point. 
because that'd be yeah, sick. I, we could do a course this year. I'm 100% down for that. If you guys will take me to Bandon one time, I'll teach you guys aim point. <laughs> All right. We'll let you go, man. We're, we're ending the show with that as well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and congrats again, bud. Thank you, guys. Love you, boys. Hope to see you guys soon. Cheers. Yeah, see, see you, see bro. You. Thank you. Yes. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.